0: people paying money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring.
1: to another edition of the 20 by 20 ring crew i'm your co-host joe i'm here with my brother matt matt classic what's going on hey what's going on everybody after a long holiday hiatus we're officially back here in the 20 by 20 studio for another episode and my oh my how time flies all sorts of crap going on in the world of professional wrestling as we watch uh Talk about polarizing uh, television programs here. We've got (laughs) a high-as-fuck Matt Riddle in a toga. I'm sorry, a broga on Monday Night Raw leading up to the Elimination Chamber here. And then we have classic WCW Monday Night Nitro. As you stated, this was the episode right after Hulk Hogan joined the NWO. So we're seeing Sting and the Macho Man talk to me and Gene in the ring.
0: All right, let's go. Gene Oakland's ready, take
2: it, Gino. All right, Eric, I'm gonna try to talk to everybody if I can, I'm gonna start with Sting after what happened last night at the bash at the beach in neighboring Orlando. Sting, a very somber mood here tonight. I can't believe it. I can feel it. You can feel it. These people continue to make our lives very, very tenuous. They did it again tonight right in the middle of your match with Arn Anderson. But let's go back to last night. What's your sense of what happened at the Bash at the Beach?
0: I am not at all surprised. What happened last night I'm not surprised about coming from the two outsiders. But I will say I am very, very surprised at you, Hulk Hogan. But I should have known, I should have known when you were traveling to every town in that big, fat limo. I should have known because you didn't want to travel with the Macho Man and Total Package and the Stinger. Uh Uh-uh, you were too busy making big movies and coming in for a little cameo appearance. You were too busy walking on the dark side. I should have known when you referred to the Macho Man and the Total Package and me as three little dogs waiting for a chance to wrestle the great Hulk Hogan. I should have known when I looked into your eyes. But you know something, I made a mistake. But you made a bigger mistake. Because last night, you wiped out and trashed every single little kid, every single person that was a part of your life, that patterned their life after you. You told her to believe in the man upstairs. You told them to say their prayers and to take their vitamins! You told them to believe in themselves. And you know something? It's a good thing you told them to believe in themselves, because they sure as heck can't believe in you! By the way... And last but not least, to put the cherry on the top, all those little kids, you told them to stick it. No. You stick it, Hulk! You stick it!
2: That is very strong. By the way, as fate would have it, these two men and their partner last night, Lex Luger got knocked out early in the action, so the two of you had to go against the outsiders. Macho man Randy Savage, you were very close with Hulk Hogan as I was. You were part of the mega powers. And if anybody got it stuck up or stuck to, well, stuck to him, you got really got it stuck to you.
0: I got a message for Hollywood Hogan. What I want to tell ya and what I want to do to you, I can't say you're on television, especially here at Disney. Oh, wait. You take the worst thing that you can think about and you multiply it by the number 9 million. And then you multiply it by infinity and beyond. It would be just like one grain of sand in the Sahara Desert, brother, because it's really, really scary what I'm thinking and gonna do to you. Yeah!
2: Boy, there is some energy, there is some emotion built up in these bodies, these minds, all of us at World Championship Wrestling still wondering, what happened to Hulk Hogan last night in Daytona? Ladies and gentlemen, we are live in Orlando, this is Nitro, and we're right back.
1: Wow, just uh, how how far we have come and in, in how how we never really went anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's been really fun. It's been a blast uh, going through both WCW and not Monday Nitro and, and WWF Raw. And I'm not doing Monday Night War shit. I'm just kind of just watching whatever I feel like sure, at the moment sure. and it's man it's uh rewatching some things and watching some things for the first time. It's it's been
1: a, it's been a fucking blast. <laughs> I wow. It's just wow it's easy to get lost in it, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. A, I'm not sure what's going on with Seth Rollins. Uh, it's just his his <laughs> like everyday attire, uh, you know, when he's not in wrestling gear. I don't know what to make of it. It's like futuristic game show host almost.
3: Yeah, I you know, like I'm pretty good at this point as a wrestling fan. I've been a wrestling fan since 19 1990, since 1997. I know about stuff that takes place way before then. You know, I, you, you get really good at understanding gimmicks. Austin Theory has a really shitty gimmick, right? <laughs> I love the guy. He's a really cool guy if you ever meet him in person. But his gimmick's really shitty, but I get it, right? I don't know what the
1: fuck Seth Rollins is. I don't think Seth Rollins <laughs> knows what the fuck Seth Rollins... Oh, I'm sorry, freaking.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Seth freaking Rollins is. <laughs> I, you
3: know, when he was a messiah, like, I kind of understood it. It wasn't good, but I understood it. Yeah. He goes off, has a baby, comes back, is doing the exact same thing, but he's no longer a messiah. And, yeah, futuristic game host attire. That's, that's, that's pretty accurate. I just don't know what the fuck he's supposed to be anymore. I just, I just don't get it. I'm stumped, and that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I should congratulate him or, can, or condemn him, condemn him. But it, I, he, he, he got me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Here comes, uh, here comes a jobber, AJ Styles. Yeah,
1: high, high paid jobber. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> I would job if few They were paying uh, me like him.
3: Now he's still got a long term contract, right? It's, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's gonna be here for the long run. I mean, he's, uh, you and I, we're getting ready to, uh, to do, uh, our, on our big episode back, which by the way, it's good to be able to talk shop with you Absolutely, again. Absolutely, man. Good See, right you. back at you. Back in the studio. We're back and it's, just, it's good to be back. We're going to be doing, to, to start things off, we're going to be doing our 20 by 20 by 20 where we're going to run down 20 topics. 20 of the hottest topics that's going on in professional wrestling right now. This is happening amongst a lot of big hype of a certain individual. It's I don't want to go too much into it because there's there's a lot of uncertainties right now. Before you know what I mean, by the time this is released, some things might come to fruition, and that's fine. I have my my take on it. I I, I asked my brother here about Cody Rhodes. Again, this is not officially part of the 20 by 20 by 20. But just real quick here, before we yeah, jump is, in here, this is breaking news. Yeah, this is breaking news. Cody Rhodes uh, officially done with all the wrestling now. Now he's been out of a contract since I believe since December of 2021. Yeah, but he's been working with them uh, off and on, doing doing spots here. Most recently, he did the ladder match with Sammy Guevara, um, where he dropped the the title to to him. Um, he's done. I don't give a shit about the other one. <laughs> but, but cody rhodes cody rhodes is, is, is done now I, I here i'm gonna right, let me just jump in here mm-hmm. like you said before we went on air it's not surprising and, and i'm not shocked this isn't it's breaking news but it's not shocking news. you know the, the rumors are running rampant that he's you know he's going to go to wwe um you know there's also things of you know the hollywood bug Potentially being a family, just being a family guy, family man—all those, <laughs> <of>, yeah, <laughs> all, all, all those things are, are fine and dandy. I actually want to talk. My, my thoughts are more on AEW initially, or actually, at, at any point, this Cody Rhodes thing isn't going to hurt the company, and so I don't want—I don't want anyone to, to, to say I, I'm saying otherwise. This is not a this is not a, a, a detriment to to AEW for for where it is right now. Okay. But I, I think the one thing that that gets lost in a shuffle of all this is where AEW was in twenty nineteen compared to where AEW is in twenty twenty two, you had you had four guys that were executive vice presidents that were a large part of the booking community. And at some point I don't remember the exact timeline but at some point in 2021 that all got stripped away and the guy that was kind of in the back just paying the bills is now the guy that's in the front paying the bills but saying hey this is this is my company and i'm booking it and so far so good for for the most part i mean fanboys will tell you it's all good but <laughs> there's i i Trust me, I see holes. We've we've talked about it before on here. But aren't we potentially seeing similar patterns to the other company? Where one guy is essentially running things his way. And sure, he may not be out of touch right now. But who say he's not out of touch in a few years from now? I guess the point I'm trying to say is what I liked about AEW when it first started is that just like a good democracy, keep in mind I said good democracy... you you have checks and balances sure you know you have you have your top guy that's tony khan it's his company i get it but then you had those other four guys that knew the wrestling business not just from a fan standpoint standpoint you and i could could win the lottery and 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 say we're going to run a wrestling company doesn't mean we're going to be successful right there's things about the business that you just don't know until you're actually in it yourself there's a lot of hardships and 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 you know growing pains that you have to deal with again i'm not saying cody rhodes leaving is be like oh my god downfall of AEW, but potentially we could look back at this and say hmm is this where it started am i overthinking that right now or is this one of those things where tony khan and and the way that he books, and the way that he handles his company, it's not all that different from the boys up
4: north.
1: <laughs> Missy is bank. Uh, bankrupt? We've already so decided on Jamie. <laughs> Courtney, this is not a democracy, it's a cheerocracy. I'm sorry, but I'm overruling you. There's a lot to be said about the situation, and y- y- you're right. I-, I wanna bring up a few points here, though. When Tony Khan got into business with the Jacksons and Omega and Cody Rhodes, make no mistake about it, they were were all teaching each other, whether it be those four guys teaching Tony Khan about their side of the business or Tony Khan teaching them about his side of the business. They were all teaching each other something. With that being said, Tony Khan at some point has, I don't know if you want to call it fine-tuned his approach to the way he does things, but, you know, he's become a booker, if not the booker for the company. As far as I know, he has final approval over everything. I mean, he does take, he does have a booking committee, but he has final approval over everything, much like Miss McMahon does. So yeah, the boys up north and them share a lot lot in common, whether they want to, agree to that or not with that being said hopefully now that Cody's gone Tony Khan learned all he could from Cody Rhodes whether that's good or bad that I'll leave that up to you guys (laughs) I have my own point of view on that but uh, and the same thing for Cody I hope he learned everything he could from Tony Khan, because now they're not in cahoots with each other that we know of, and they're off doing different things. And, you know, you'll definitely see a difference. A little bit of the organizational skill and and overall booking of AEW now that, Cody Rhodes is gone because you don't have that that input from Cody. Things things will change a little bit, and hopefully it it's something that they do successfully and they don't lose their footing. I mean, I happen to like a different era and style of wrestling, and and I don't always agree with the way AEW does things. Yeah. But all in all, it's it's not completely as bad as a lot of people say it is. Sure. I I agree with that. So, yeah, that's I'll say I'll say that about the situation. But you're right. There's a lot of similarities between these two companies. And you know what? We've seen it in the past whether it be a working talent or someone behind the scenes. That one guy leaves, all hell breaks loose. So, who you're right. Who's to say it doesn't happen with this situation? And I guess, you know, time will tell, but we'll see we'll see how things go you know it's been brought up on other podcasts out there the evps of aew were all having issues and that's why they got stripped of their power and they were having issues with each other at some time maybe it got too much maybe it got too much and cody Rhodes was like fuck this i don't need to be here but he's just being cordial about shit we don't know at the end of the day we don't know that's a topic
3: that uh, we're gonna leave it right there um but rest assured, as things unfold, we're going to definitely definitely uh, uh, come back to that um, at another time. Again, that's breaking news as of this recording. And I know it's going to be a hot topic amongst wrestling fans. So I figured we would uh, put in our two cents as well. Moving on, because there's a lot of topics to to uh, to get a hold of here. Let's get going on the 20 by 20 by 20. I always love doing this because we get to knock out a lot of topics all in one episode. <laughs> You, you want me to go first? Please, me? please start. All right, so let's uh, let's start with an, another one. That's uh, we're gonna start off with a topic that maybe isn't as hot, but it's all but it's it's kind of breaking news uh, as of this recording by you know maybe a day or so, and that's a the the walking weapon himself, Josh Alexander. Just recently, he announced that it, uh, his visa, his work visa, has expired. He is Canadian, so he is forced to go back there while he gets his stuff in order so because of that he has officially announced that he is a, a free agent he's no longer contracted by impact wrestling he's canceled uh, i think he had three upcoming dates including i is it terminus that's um that's uh that i think we'll be talking about a little later here mm-hmm. he had to cancel that that show as well josh alexander uh he's a guy that's wins the impact world championship at bound for glory only to lose it within seconds to to moose and after that he kind of just seemed like he fell off you know you, you wonder what his relationship is with the company right now but my question to you is when he gets his visa and all that stuff back in in working order where does he end up next
1: so he has no working visa for the u.s He doesn't have an Impact Wrestling contract anymore, so he's pretty much free to go wherever the hell he wants. I will say this about the situation. It's exciting to see Josh Alexander as a free agent. It means there's a a lot of potential for a lot of cool matches to happen elsewhere. Sucks that he had to cancel Terminus. Really wanted to see that and him there. Hopefully... If, if, if the way things are going to work out, hopefully there is a little bit of a hiccup for him obtaining another working visa so that there's some time away. And then wherever he ends up, there's that momentum built up for a return for him. And, and I, I, I'm always, I'm always going to throw NWA into the mix there because I'm an NWA guy. Mm-hmm. I want to see him do good things. But I also think he'd be a, a decent fit there. But let's let's be honest, Ring of Honor would be some damned fools if they passed up on Josh Alexander, even if it's for a few shows. Mm-hmm. Like, sign that guy. So we'll see. We'll see where he ends up. I'm not sure right off the top of my head what Canadian wrestling looks like these days in the way of the indie market. I'm sure they, they run I'm sure there's uh promotions out there that run shows, but let's face it, there's a lot of T V time and, and a lot of stuff going on here in the in the States. So I, I wish I wish Josh Alexander a very well timed and well planned return to the US no matter where he ends up. But if you're asking me,
3: N W A. It'll be a pretty good fit for him. Yeah, he's he, he needs to go to a place where wrestling is Priority, so NWA, Ring of Honor, and I and I even consider a company like an MLW as well.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, so, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, either way, I just I want to see Josh Alexander, and and, and I I don't like the way. I, that's why I kind of kept going before I answered the question. I don't like the way he was handled in Impact. I, I thought what a what a waste.
1: Well, let's be honest here. I mean, they're first of all, they're not the first com- company to mishandle talent, and second of all, true. Uh, Impact isn't the this wouldn't be the first talent that they've mishandled themselves you know so that brings up a question speaking of the NWA there was a match signed between him and Matt Cardona that was supposed to take place for the nwa title and i i'm assuming that's off the table now because he has no working hmm. so he there there goes that yeah
3: yeah what a—I mean what a crummy situation on that in that sense yeah whatever he's got to do hopefully he can take care of sooner than later and uh we can get uh, more walking weapon here in the states until then he's all yours Canada. <laughs> you lucky ducks
1: my first question Johnny Knoxville looks like he's set to challenge for the Intercontinental title over in WWE at WrestleMania. So let's say he wins the title. What would you do to book that title back to its previous level of integrity? And I use integrity in air quotes here because, I mean, that company's pretty much a freaking joke right now. Yeah, I mean... But I mean, it's still the Intercontinental Title, you know. Throwing it on Johnny Knoxville, even temporarily, I mean, it it hurts that title. It hurts it. So let's say he wins it. What do you do? How do you get it back to either Sami Zayn or someone else? Who do you who do you who would you have with the IC title if not Sami Zayn? <laughs> this is probably one <laughs> of the. As I was uh, reading the questions
3: before, you know, earlier today. Kind of get an idea of what we were going to be talking about. This is one of those questions that I struggled with because quite honestly, there ain't a damn soul on that roster that I, I think that can do that, that title any justice.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, do you, like? You obviously we see Randy Orton on the screen now. Mm-hmm. Is it something you just throw on Orton right away? To, to regain that momentum or any momentum that that belt had. Uh. Yeah, so so here's what I here's what I got because I, I got
3: to put in other titles in, in here and, and I'll explain why. <laughs> okay. We're, we are in a point and I know we're going to talk about this more but we're in a point where the Universal and WWE Championship are kind of held hostage. And we'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll talk more about that. Okay. So there was a time if you remember not that long ago when the Intercontinental title and United States title were were held at a higher esteem because the other belt was held by a certain part-timer who never showed up. Mm -hmm. So, you're kind of in that same boat here where yeah, I get it, like, the Universal title is defended, but it's it's being held by the same person. That's what I mean by being hostage. Which is fine for storyline purposes if written correctly, but it's when you have a world title that's being held by the same guy and it's going on year two one of the worst things in my opinion you can do is have the other title have the same thing so you need not saying every day or every other day but you need you need title changes and you need good ones you you had Sami Zayn recently when the title, which by the way that's a spoiler by the way joe that didn't happen yet oh it, <laughs> <laughs> well by the time I listen to this, it would have. <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that that's a spoiler. SmackDown was, was uh, they did two sh- tapings of SmackDown, their most recent uh, taping. Sami Zayn wins the title. You got you got Johnny Knoxville, who, by the way, I understood. I don't. I didn't appreciate it, but I understood <laughs> Johnny Knoxville being at the Rumble. Okay. Because he's promoting Jackass. Uh-huh. At this point, Jackass is already out. There's nothing to promote anymore. Right. Be gone just fucking
1: leave. Yeah. Um, Traditionally that's how it
3: goes, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So if Johnny Knoxville wins the Intercontinental title, in most cases, a ton, ton of damage control, just like they had to do in WCW. But here's the the, the thing when it comes to, the, to to the WWE now, it's expected. I mean, this is the same company that had fucking the bunny guy in the <laughs> Final Four of the Royal Rumble match. <laughs> yeah the final four final four of the royal fucking rumble where he was three eliminations away from getting a world title shot at wrestlemania you could have saw potentially bad bunny versus roman reigns i get that was never on the table but how insulting is that so giant Oxville winning the intercontinental title how do you fix that problem The, the true answer is you don't every person that they've put that title on over the past two years has done absolutely nothing with it. If you put that on Randy Orton right now, it would just be a shitty title on Randy Orton. <laughs> what about AJ Styles? Well, AJ Styles is a jobber now. He's actually held at a lesser esteem than than than. Uh, you don't think he? Could, you
1: don't think he could throw some of his magic back on back on that belt?
3: You know, I would love to see that. You know, you know what I think of when I think of intercontinental titles and, and putting it in a higher prestige is the legendary title reign of Tetsuya Naito. And, <laughs> you know, put it on somebody like an AJ Styles, I'm not saying do exactly what Naito did, but think about it. Here's a guy that used to be a world champion everywhere he went, including WWE. He takes, you know, he loses, he gets embarrassed by Omos. You know, he, he's pretty much, you know, at the bottom of the food chain. <laughs> he wins the Intercontinental title and, you know, doesn't want to be a change he doesn't like it he hates, hates that belt thinks it's less than him but then he goes out there and has phenomenal matches no pun intended but phenomenal matches yeah it could it could help but again where, I, where the problem is unlike a, a new japan there isn't anybody on that roster who's going to consistently give aj styles those types of matches. So that's how would I how would I book it? I would book it like what I just said. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 putting it in standards of of WWE where intercontinental title matches are going to get you know five to eight minutes, and this is not enough time to establish any kind of story or emotion or anything behind it. It's a second tier title, and it's always going to be a second tier title at the rate that it's going. The fact that, and I know it's not the answer to me maybe looking for. But Giant Knoxville winning it is actually—it's not a good thing, but it's also not a bad thing. It's a meaningless thing for a meaningless title, that by the way is is hideous.
1: <laughs> it looks
3: it looks fucking stupid, but
1: that's a whole other can of worms.
3: But it it is but it is a meaningless title in my opinion. I, I think the Intercontinental title has lost the prestige. I don't think you could fix that this year. Alone, I think it's going to take some time. I think it's going to take a lot of time, and I just don't think that they're invested in doing that because you know, I, I was talking about going back into, into pro wrestling. Look, think about what the intercontinental title was. Think about when Stone Cold had it, think about when The Rock had it, Triple H had it. They all had it right at around the time when they were getting ready to go into superstar. They were that was almost like a glass ceiling title,
4: yeah,
3: like you're getting ready to push that, punch in that glass ceiling, go into the next stratosphere. It doesn't have that feeling. It's it's a title that, you know, you, you know like Sami Zayn, who we both know, yeah. is world champion material. <laughs> but he's never going to be a world champion in that company. So this is the, the highest he's going to get. He's also just, at this point, a prop champion for a celebrity, potentially. I, I, just, I just don't think you can fix that. So let's talk Bullet Club here. Bullet Club, currently right now, has quite the presence in the United States. My question to you Joe it's actually a few let's we'll start with these two before
1: I get to the next one who benefits more from this is the Bullet Club
3: or the companies that they're appearing in?
1: you got to look at it from two points of view here one the guys in the Bullet Club or you know the Bullet Club members themselves does it benefit them absolutely you're spread you're spreading amongst other promotions you're, you're spreading the Bullet Club more bookings for them potentially more money <laughs> shit Let's face it. Every time they sell one of those damn shirts, New Japan gets their cut. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just yeah. the way things go. The other part of this here, you know, for fans, is it cool to see the Bullet Club all over the damn place? Absolutely, because that's that's like that's what makes them so special. You know, yeah, are are they? How can I put this? You know, were they were they modeled after the NWO? Yes, absolutely. But they took what the NWO was, and they ran with it. They expanded it. Currently, we're seeing something that we've never seen before, at least to to this level. You have a a faction that started in one company and has branched out to multiple companies. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, it has never happened to this level, ever, in professional wrestling. That's something special in it of itself. For fans, yeah, I mean... Especially with the whole forbidden door thing still going on, even if it's periodically, you still have a lot of potential for a lot of crazy things to happen. And I'm all for it. From a promoter's standpoint, this is where it gets a little bit tricky because does it benefit the promotion? Well, yes and no. Look, Let's go back and look at, we'll call them the elite. Speaking of uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes. You know those guys. They all get together. They all run that similar faction style. They're all friends. They're they're all working for the same companies. They're kind of given the the reins, so to speak, of wh- when and where they show up and. It seemed for a while, they're everywhere they went, man, everything was gold. Everything they touched was gold. They couldn't do any wrong, and it was special. But the moment they decided to take their business elsewhere and stay exclusive to one company, look what it did to Ring of Honor. I mean, the Ring of Honor went from, like, the number two or three promotion at the time. Two, yeah. At least here in the States, to fucking... Pretty much starting from scratch. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy how that happened. So it can it can be a bad thing. I don't. I think because of that, because of those guys in that situation in particular, I don't think we'll ever see a promotion, especially Ring of Honor, be like, yeah, we'll let them get that big here. Nah, that'll never happen. You won't see that in Ring of Honor. You won't see it in NWA. None of that shit. No matter how unbridled uh, the potential is. For something big to happen with those guys, it'll never be that way. But it, it, it sucks. It sucks because I've been talking to other people who listen to the show and, and just wrestling fans in general. The the minority of us that are Bullet Club fans, you know, they're already starting to tease Tom Motonga and his brother going off facing against the Good Brothers. And what that could lead to, possibly a War Game style match. Well, that's happening. The 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 tag
3: match is happening.
1: The tag match is happening, yeah, yeah but specifically a war games like Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. Is there potential for that? Absolutely. Will it happen? We don't know. But it's stuff like that. Like, will we ever get to see that? Where will it take place? Is it going to happen in Impact? Is it going to happen in AEW? Like, we don't know. We don't know. So, I have a sub-question for that. I'm glad you brought that
3: up. That leads right into it. You know, my question is: Does it? Do we get any closure for anyone that's, that that's paid attention from to the past? Bullet Club storylines. You know, you you had guys like the Good Brothers. You guys like Adam Cole and the Bucks. You know, obviously Cody Rhodes is out of the picture because he's not there anymore. You know, Kenny Omega, another guy. Do we get? Do we get closure for those storylines? Or is, at this point, is it? Does it even matter? And you kind of touched on it. A little bit, but is it is it too late? Has, has the Bullet Club evolved into something way different to where it doesn't matter anymore? I I know, like I said, we you know, at at, uh, at No Surrender we're getting Good Brothers versus God. Mm-hmm. That is happening. That will have have already taken place by the time this is out. And that's fine. You know, you, we have the the appearance of, of Jay White and AEW, which we're going to touch on later more uh, a little bit here. You know, there's 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 all this. You know, all this potential here, and that's cool. And and there's a part of me that wants to see it, and there's a part of me that doesn't. My question to you is, do we get closure, or
1: has that time already passed, and should we just live in the moment? In the words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, pro wrestling has become short attention span theater. A lot of this has to do with social media, believe it or not, especially when it comes to the Bullet Club. You've got Tama, who is very vocal on social media, not afraid to pick fights with people, not afraid to pick fights with people from other companies, loves to run his mouth, and while that can be a bad thing, for him it's a good thing because the more he does that and the more people don't respond or can't respond he just looks like that much more of a badass and guess what he's part of the bullet club he takes that and he runs with it this whole situation with them and the good brothers it's it's part of that so do we get closure i think we do but it all depends on fucking twitter beefs these days to be honest with you if if Tama Tonga or whoever makes it relevant on social media, it seems like that's how we get closure. I'll leave it at Because if that doesn't happen, usually, it gets written off of television or it gets forgotten about. Like, legitimately forgotten about. Which, I don't know how fucking people let that happen, but it happens. But if it's important enough on social media, no one forgets about that shit. You know why? Because social media won't let you forget about that yeah. shit. Especially the Twitter crowd. The Twitter crowd is, it's its own beast. But when it comes to professional wrestling, oh my god, you, nope, they won't let you forget. So they're all, they're chomping at the bit for some good brothers versus the Tongans. I just, uh, I never understand. You you and I both, <laughs> you and I both could have easily be written, like, written out. At a show like here, this is what needs to happen. But no, no, we gotta wait for people to respond on social media in order for it to be relevant.
3: We're just, uh, we're just too old men, there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: too old men. Speaking of men that are not old, this this one, I don't know about this one. I'm gonna ask. This is why I brought it up. So Darby Allen recently offered a full time AEW contract to the professional wrestling prodigy. Nick Wayne. And it happened in Defy Wrestling. The problem is Nick Wayne is still in high school. So, he's accepted the contract. He signed it. He is AEW. He's gotta finish high school first. That's a Tony Khan deal. Say, hey, I'll sign you. But you gotta finish high school first. What are your thoughts on recruiting talent this young? Like, are we going the route of the fucking NBA now? Where we're just like, fuck college. I mean, not that there's a wrestling college per se, but Fuck college. Should we're gonna, we're, yeah. We're gonna recruit <laughs> you straight out of high school. Yeah. How do you feel about all this? And the other thing is, I get that he f- has to finish high school, but in your mind, mm-hmm. what are we realistically talking about here? Like, because the kid already wrestled. Yeah. Okay. And clearly, he's he's being booked as a prodigy. I mean, mm-hmm. the the little bit that I've seen him, he's the real deal. Yeah. But do you like? Is it enough? Is it enough for him to surpass all this time that he should be experiencing more training to show up on fucking Darker Darker <laughs> and skip all that? Or or do they do the right thing and keep him behind the scenes up until a point where he's much more ready? To a couple of things. Uh, one, a quick quick question. When when did it become okay
3: for 16-year-olds to wrestle? The I, I, reason why I ask that because I go back to 2002 with a young Mark Briscoe who was seventeen, and wasn't able to to compete
1: until he turned eighteen. I I just don't know when. Well, in the change. U.K., you think about all those like you I know, understand that. Yeah, I mean there there's mm-hmm. that. for those who don't know, like in the U.K., wrestlers start very very young. Uh, in most other countries, I was gonna say in Japan, Japan. same thing. So it's it's not unheard of, but. But I'm talking about here in the States. I, here, thought, I thought there was like labor laws and things like well, that. Well, that's entry. what I'm saying. He's yeah. got to finish school. <laughs> right, and, right, right. And if I'm not mistaken, he's got to wait till he's 18. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be a junior, maybe a senior in high school, depending on how things are right now. Yeah. But even then, like, if we're still waiting till he's 18, are they just going to let him work wherever the hell he's working now until he's 18? Like, how does that work? Because. Yeah. And I'm also curious, too. I mean, he's he signed him to a
3: contract. I get he has to wait till he's eighteen. I mean, is he is, it like, is uh, he getting paid right now? Right. Is it yes. like an apprenticeship? Like <laughs> I, I'm 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 flabbergasted. Let's get back to the, the 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 topic at hand here, and I'm gonna squash the UK talk right now and things that because okay. I know there's some people who have brought that up to, to my attention uh, already, and I, I I hear what you're saying, but that's a culture thing in the UK in Japan in Mexico that's a culture thing here in the United States this is unheard of so kudos to that kid for I, I've, I've only seen one match cool I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not trying to sound like a hater but to me, there's nothing special about him quite yet. And I don't really like Prodigy being thrown out there in pro wrestling because there's a lot to it, more to it than being flashy in the ring. And there's a lot of trials and tribulations that even I don't understand. But I've, as a wrestling fan, I've seen it firsthand that there has to be a maturity level. Now, maybe he's there and I and I don't know behind the scenes, and that's fine. I don't like investing in people this young, though. I, I, you know, there's, there's a reason why even... The pros have kind of turned away from this because there is a maturity level. You go into professional wrestling that young with that much hype, and something happens. What do you? What did you prepare yourself? What if in his very first match, and I don't wish this upon anybody, especially this kid, but his first match, he gets he gets in the AEW ring, he gets hurt, or even worse, mind you, he gets he gets in the AEW ring and they don't fucking take to him at all. <laughs> yeah, it's a you know the the AEW crowd is not an indie crowd. It's not a Defy wrestling crowd. It's not a Warrior wrestling crowd. It's it's a, it's 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 not always as welcoming. Fanboys want what they want. They want Adam Cole. They want CM Punk. They want an MJF to boo. <laughs> Most of those fans don't know who the fuck this kid is, and I guarantee you they're not going to care. I understand having him on the radar and invite maybe inviting him to come the dark and darker. <laughs> to, to to do to do some you know some squash matches and get some real world work in and I don't mind Tony Khan calling this kid on the phone and says hey we want we want we want you one day and then have them you know run through the ringer obviously I I like the fact that he said finish school that's that's it's always a good idea to finish school and have your options but when you when you give him a contract in front of a crowd that's also being aired on the internet. Which is basically national television these days. You've just built this kid's ego so damn high, and as good as he may be to to some out there, he ain't shit in this in the wrestling world. And it's it's too damn fucking early. Yeah, there are in in the UK these people do start young, some as young as fucking thirteen years old, maybe even younger. I I, I think I read recently Rico started wrestling at the age of nine. <sighs> Which is insane, you know. I was playing wrestling video games at nine. I still am, but but that's it's a different fucking world out there. And, and even then, at sixteen years old, not a single one of them is getting highly praised by the top tier companies out there. They're getting opportunities to work and to grow, but it, it takes a long fucking time. It, it professional wrestling, I guarantee you, it's it's one of the toughest professions to perfect in. And I just I don't mind having you know having them mentor and tutor and again if it was illegit if it is a legit you know like 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 apprenticeship like that's one thing but again you offered him a contract in front of uh, we'll call it national TV now that bars is just through the fucking roof and I don't think he's going to be able to even come close to that anytime soon and it's unfair it's unfair mainly to him because he's the the young kid who was affected by this. But it's also unfair for the company to do that to themselves because they're they're setting themselves up for probably failure. If I come back to eat my words, that's fine. But I just think it's too much of a risk to put this much emphasis into a young kid. Let him be a kid first, and then you know, and 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 then speaking of inexperienced wrestlers, yes, please.
4: <laughs> This is what I mean. This is this is what I mean. That it takes a long
3: time. Let's talk Jade Cargo. She recently had a match on Dynamite with the wrestler by the name of AQA, who I'm not too familiar with, but no, never mind. But I, I'm I'm assuming she's uh, she's wrestling down in uh, at the Row Reality Wrestling because she was trained by Booker T. I, I thought the match was was to Jade Cargo standards. It was all right.
1: Yeah, it was all right. I mean, you know, like like you had mentioned to me before we started. Uh, you know, obviously botched spots, mm-hmm. AQA tried to cross body splash Cargill. It should, she should have no sold it. Like she was strong. Yeah. But she, when she hit her, she clearly like almost got knocked off her feet and it just looked sloppy. Yeah. Yep. You know, or she, she grabbed her when she picked her up. Like she, she struggled a bit. The spot she was trying, I knew what she was trying to do. But it, it just didn't always come across. It didn't get articulated properly. And then she does that beautiful. AQA does a beautiful shooting star press. Mm-hmm. Cargo kicks out, and she goes up to do it again. And she can't. Like, I don't know if she hurt her ribs or what, but she immediately just, like, comes down off yeah. the rope. That was like, what the fuck? Yeah, there, there was a lot going on in that match. A lot of it just seemed very. Just poorly timed.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, AQA, she gets to blame for a lot of it from, from other Of course. Fans.
1: You know, Cargill's the investment. Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, I, I mean, but here's, here, and, and I'll get to the, the legit question in a second, but I want to just sprinkle, just sprinkle a little of my two cents on here. AQA gets blamed for something that, that they both are a fault in, and quite honestly, if you think about it from a, a legit wrestling perspective, which you and I both have, they should both be let off the hook because they're both inexperienced. So here's the question, and I pretty much know the answer. Jade Cargill needs a ton of work, we know that. Was g- was giving her the title
1: a good booking? The inaugural. There's a lot to be said about Jade Cargill. Does she have the look? Absolutely. fucking Built like a brick house. She looks like an athlete. She looks like she could pretty much fucking ragdoll anybody she wants to. She looks like a champion, but does she act like one? Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> Is she worthy of a title? I get it that it's a TV title, but no. She's too green. She's She's got a long way to come. I don't know, other than the obvious, I don't know why they did that. That's That seems to be a running issue with a lot of AEW talent. You're either too green or you're just green enough to where you shouldn't be on national TV making mistakes like that. That's not what you're there to do. You're not there to make mistakes. And then the other thing too is, and I know uh, th- I know, there's a few of you who listen to this show who don't want to fucking hear what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's not that I'm a fucking nitpicking and hating on AEW, but when you put your fucking talent out there and they fuck up and it, it's because of reasons related to sports entertainment why is it okay for a fledgling company like AEW to sit there and say, hey, we're going to offer the alternative to WWE, but then you just do WWE shit anyway? What sense does that make? And I know I pissed a lot of people off right now, but hey, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. This isn't a, a wrestling company. It's another sports entertainment company. Yep. That's, what it, that's what this is. And Jade Cargill is not immune to that. Fat. she's part of it and she tried to do too much in that match she wasn't focused on the fundamentals which i'm gonna remind me i'm gonna change my last question fuck that last question i got a better one for you Fair but enough. but uh yeah no she it was a good booking I, i'm gonna give it like a 50 percent because she does look like a champion sure. she, she has all the physical makings of what they need her to. but when she gets in the ring she can't show and prove not at least to the level where she needs to be to, to get that over completely. I hope that makes sense.
3: It does. One last thing. I had a conversation. It wasn't much of a conversation, more of a, a brief disagreement with somebody.
1: He's probably one of the people I just pissed off. And I, I, I love you, brother. I really do. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I I was told, when I when I expressed my frustrations when she first won the title, and this is the problem with AEW, and giving it to somebody who just doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, that I couldn't disagree more because she's a phenomenal talent and i'm not picking on this individual but because it's not the first time i've heard something like that (laughs) we have to be careful with how we describe talent because does she look phenomenal like joe says right absolutely she does
1: and that's what i'm getting at yeah she she looks phenomenal Mm -hmm. you you gotta show them proof for what they want her to be yeah you you gotta show them proof she's been wrestling for less than a year you're gonna be on TV all the damn time yes. defending that title, right? You've got to be on point all the time, and she's she hasn't she just hasn't been
3: a good champion. A good champion is like a good a good leader in business, because they they, they should be held to a higher esteem. You have to you have to be able to carry yourself whether you whether you're a heel, a face, a big talent, a small talent. You have to carry yourself and understand the situation at all times. If you're a big talent. By big, I mean big in stature. That's out there, competing against somebody that's smaller. That's your role. Play your fucking role. You need to understand that at all times. And there's there's been so many spot. I'm not even talking about her sloppiness and her inability to lead a match because that's, and I and I let her off the hook because she she doesn't have the experience. That's why it's such a to me it's such a bad booking because it'd be like taking somebody a, a 16 year old kid. And saying you're the vice president of the company now, kid. They don't have the, the maturity. She doesn't have the experience and the maturity or the respect for the business to understand how it works. And that's why this is such a bad book. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna cut to. I'm going to take my last question. I'm going to ask you now because it, it kind of has to do with what you just said. Okay. Clearly, she lacks the fundamentals. Cargill lacks the fundamentals. I would accept if she came out, she was a classic baby face persona and was like, hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm the, I'm the TV champ now. I'm the TBS champ, whatever. I'm going to come out here week after week. I'm going to be that fighting champion, and I'm going to defend this title as best as I could. I would totally buy that. Her as a babyface with that approach what i don't buy is her in the ring trying to do heel shit with no intention no real intention because she doesn't this is what <laughs> God, i'm going sound like a fucking old man now but this do we need baby faces and heels in wrestling that's highly debatable but that's not my my extra question i bring it up because in this case it would do wonders for the situation like it or not it would do wonders because if you told her hey You're a babyface. We know you can't do X, Y, and Z. But you're going to go out there. You're going to get on the mic. And you're going to make people believe that you're a fighting champion. You're going to come out here. You're going to wrestle every week. Try to keep this title. I'd buy that. But you have her in the ring. And what does she do? She picks up AQA. Like she's going to powerbomb her. But then she lifts her on her shoulder and she fucking posts. That's heel shit. Later on, she goes to cover her. Decides she's going to purposely stop it at a two count. Mm-hmm. And then get up and start doing fucking push up heel shit. But she's not a heel, so she should be a baby face. But she's trying to act like a heel, which she's really not. You see where all that confusion just starts to pull up, and and like fuck up whatever momentum she had. It's a problem. And and again, I'm not saying we have to we have to state to that old school rule that there should be heels and baby faces. But god damn it, not it it, it it would help this this situation tremendously. I wish someone would take the time and explain shit like this to her instead of what's transpiring week after week. Because I think it would save the company a lot of time, it would save the fans a lot of time, and it would get her over either as a heel or as a baby. Piggybacking off that, my extra question to you now, there was news pretty much clickbaited at, at, at this point depending on where you looked at it a wwe hall of famer came out and said that current wrestling lacks the fundamental in other news ladies and gentlemen water is wet i don't know if you fucking knew this or not but water's wet so yeah absolutely pro wrestling these days completely lacks fundamental and again i bring it up because of jade cargo so what say you i mean are we to that point where fuck fundamentals they really don't mean shit anymore and we can get by or you watching the current product you Matt Classic watching the current product are the fundamentals something that they could benefit even if it's 1% yeah so when i
3: when i when i broke into <laughs> the the wrestling business as a fan wrestling was at a time when it was hitting its peak right I mm-hmm. mean you had NWO in, in 1997 WCW which was the peak of, of WCW you had the Attitude Era on the other company you know you had other stuff you know I, I was part of the Trading Tapes uh, group or whatever you want to call that movement but let's stick with, with the two big ones we'll go was one that most people know about WWF right at that time you had a, a culture change and you know it was getting edgier and, and things kind of look like there, I mean, things were as popular then, even technically, even more so than they are now. But you're getting people back. You're getting asses back in the seats, and that's that, that's my whole point. That's what pro wrestling saw. It, it saw this golden new golden age of professional wrestling, the second wave golden age of professional wrestling, and it brought asses back in the seats. The one thing that they did differently back then, though, is that they still followed a certain formula. You still had storylines that one, made sense two, kept going it didn't abruptly end like they do these days, and and, and three when a person was a champion they fucking deserved to be a champion <laughs> even if it meant going with somebody that you didn't want to have the champion for other reasons mm-hmm. Cough, cough, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He knew how to carry himself as a champion. He, if you wanted him to go out there and be a good guy, he could do that. If you want him to go out and be a bad guy, well, he could certainly do that.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you want him to get under your, you want you you want him to go out there and get under your, somebody's skin. Be careful what you ask for. But that's how good he was at. It today today's pro wrestling when we were talking about the golden age of, of professional wrestling we talked about that a few years and just the how, how great it is to be a wrestling fan again it seemed like as soon as that wave came in the wild west start and you just have this clusterfuck of you don't know what to expect from week to week i struggle believe it or not as good as wrestling is to a lot so many people I personally struggle right now getting attached to things, especially on the weekly stuff, because there is no rhyme Maurice. reason. This is what I mean by what I meant earlier with Tony Khan's situation. We'll go, we'll, we'll attack AEW right now because <laughs> he was part of the booking community that booked Jay Cargo as champion from one week. Let's just call it January. Let's just go from January first to January thirty first. It was it's a completely different landscape every single week you just don't know what the fuck you're walking into every single week. Most storylines have no have no purpose whatsoever. Out of out of everything that they're doing. You're, you're you're at this point, you're we're talking just 3 weeks. 3 I believe about 3 weeks until the next pay-per-view. We don't have a fucking matches any matches made for that. <laughs> but we have no rivalries besides CM Punk and MJF. That means a fucking thing in that place right now. The wrestling you know the the booking the booking for example like you know I mean I'm I'm, gonna, I'm jumping all over the place but there's a lot to say about this and a little just and I don't want to spend too much time on it but the booking of, of the dynamite that, that featured uh, the main event of Page and, and and Archer right you had a street fight or whatever you want a death match death match. you want to call it that so that's your main event you had Punk and, and, and Moxley versus FTR sprinkled in between those two blockbuster matches is jade cargill versus somebody that nobody knows and if that wasn't bad enough you book another women's match with serena deeb versus some rookie in a rookie challenge what the fuck (laughs) what the fuck was like i understand you have to have kind of a like a, a filler match in between but this is also tv you could have easily gone back to back with highlight matches and had some kind of fucking talking point because you do talk on fucking television, don't you? Instead of having matches, instead of putting your TBS champion who shouldn't be a TBS champion, in a match with somebody who is as equally inexperienced as her, that would never have happened back. Then. And you wanna know why? Because they fucking filter their talent. If you weren't on the at the level of a stone cold, guess what? you weren't going to be in a ring with the stone cold nowadays they just fucking just it's almost like they fucking put your names in a hat and pull it out <laughs> oh shit we got two inexperienced broads going at it fuck it in between your our two our co-main event the lack of you know i i think a lot some there's too many flashiness in this in this day and age and professional and especially in a company like aew there's not enough just standard wrestling. We don't emphasize on the wrestling part of it still. A lot of the guys tend to be almost identical in how they want to perform. You almost have the same match every single every single match. There's times where you have the same spot multiple times a night. So yeah. nobody nobody's paying attention to that stuff. WWE does that shit all the time too. It's it's just from the guys in the back who are supposed to be re- producing the show. To the wrestlers in the ring, to even sometimes even the fucking commentators who don't even know what's going on half the time. It's almost like you know, I, I okay, cool. You you wrestle one day a week. You you know, you put you almost do all of your tapings on one night. I think the rest of the week you should have practice. You should right? practice wrestling again.
0: Holy
1: fuck.
3: Have have a mock show with just with just the crew. Fig- figure this shit out, yeah, because, figure it out Because the booking is just I watch it and it's so erratic I mean I don't put WWE In the mix of this because that's such a poorly Produced show to begin with It doesn't even fucking matter They, <laughs> they can have fundamentals And it is, it, they still stink, yeah, they it still, stink. Yeah. <laughs> But I can go on and on about this But there is so much of just the same Overproduced Bullshit that we see Time and time again, I I couldn't agree with that individual more, that we, we are in a world without fundamentals in professional wrestling. But people love it. Yeah. People love it. I love j- Japanese wrestling. All right, so, Athena, formerly known as Ember Moon. Yes. That would be the last time we would be referring her as that name. <laughs> Unless it slips. Usually it yeah. slips. But Athena is, uh, is is her name again. Um, she had her first wrestling match since being released in WWE back in October of 2021. Happened in Chicago. Yeah. I, I was at that show.
1: Shouts out, Warrior Wrestling.
3: Shouts out to Warrior Wrestling. Put on another great show. She goes 30 minutes with Thunder Rosa, who is White House right now.
1: She's my wife in another
3: life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yep. yeah was, she's a feisty one though, man. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Athena again. She goes 30 minutes. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa retains her title. Goes to a time limit draw. Very good match. I'm very honored to have been able to watch that match live. Um, I, I really hope um, I I did go on her on her Instagram and I and I, just, I thanked her from being a Chicagoan, being a wrestling fan. I'm so grateful that she picked Chicago as her. Oh, as yeah. her first, as her first match. I hope they
1: get to do it again.
3: And I hope they get to do it again. Absolutely right. Athena, what what does her future hold now that she's back in professional
1: wrestling? She's one of those. She could literally go anywhere and have an immediate impact. She's that good. Yeah, she's that good. She will change the landscape of of whatever female talent roster you got. That's how good she is. Just like Thunder Rosa, wherever the fuck she shows up. She's, she's making a, a, an immediate impact. What scares me though is Thunderosa, she signed with AEW. It didn't take long. Yeah. And I'm afraid AEW is going to try to swoop her up. And I'm not sure, as much as I want her to be financially successful, because I do. Mm-hmm. You know, these people work hard. Well, <laughs> not, not everybody these days, but traditionally. <laughs> Athena works hard. Athena works hard. <laughs> Thank you. Athena works hard, Thunder Rosa works hard. Do I want them to be financially successful? Absolutely. But I don't... Man, in my heart of hearts, I'm not ready for her to just be an AEW All Elite talent. Yeah. I need her to travel a little bit. Mm -hmm. I need her to go back to her old stomping ground out here in the northern, northwestern suburbs Mm -hmm. and do a couple shows with them. Yeah. Shouts out to Shimmer. I need her to be on some TV over in Impact. Yeah. You know, I need her to travel a little bit and do some shit. I need her back at Warrior Wrestling. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah, please. Please.
1: So, hell, MLW, step through that door. They have an open door policy. Go do a couple shows with them. She's that good. And and I really want her to be all over the damn place because she deserves it. Yeah. That's my take. If she chooses so and she chooses one company, she's going to flourish as long as they let her do her thing. She's that good. So... Kudos to her. I'm glad she's back. It's been a hell of a long fucking time. And watching her go 30 minutes with the likes of Thunder Rosa, man, you can't do no wrong. You can't do no wrong. I'm all for it. This is what pro wrestling should be. You know what that match had? (laughs) Ignorant fucking
3: fans? (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, shots out to the rest of the crowd that very quickly put that 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 son of a bitch in his place.
2: Good, um, good.
3: But you know what it had though hmm. it was fundamentals. Oh man! <laughs> oh, imagine that, man. And the match was—dare I say it—phenomenal.
1: <laughs> oh shit! That's Some,
3: what phenomenal looks like.
1: Somebody somewhere's is flipping the table right now.
3: <laughs> um. We make friends. On the flip. That's what we do.
1: <laughs> it's been
3: I, it's been a fun holiday. I, I really
1: do love you, brother. I know you're listening. I love you. I love you. You just we see it one way. You obviously see it a little bit different. Hey, that's cool. At the end of the day, in, in, enjoy wrestling, man. Yeah, I,
3: I, and I do mean and that. All, I do mean, and that. all three of us
1: do. Yeah, All three of us do. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to say one real quick thing mm-hmm. ab- about the unruly fan during that match. Really, it's 2022. I mean, here, here's here's the thing about this whole situation, okay? Okay. For those of you who don't know, this guy at Warrior Wrestling, while they were wrestling, it was, what, a couple minutes into the match? Yeah, a couple minutes. He yells at pretty much Thunder Rosa to rip out Athena's weave. Yeah I'm sure there's some of you Listening to this podcast Right now Who are laughing And that's fine You could do that Sure It's free country But we are in the midst Of a certain Climate in our society Especially when it comes to Pro wrestling these days Mm -hmm. Like you don't get to do that anymore Yeah Right It's just not okay Mm -hmm. What bothers me about this is you have a lot of people who will sit there and spout off at the mouth any chance they get. They want to see the Attitude Era back because that's when wrestling was great, right? Mm-hmm. So something like this happens and everybody has a problem with it. myself included. Mm-hmm. I think it was uncalled for. Yeah, it was you're, definitely out of line. You're supposed to be watching what more than likely easily either stole the show or could have stole the show. Oh, yeah. Depending on your point of view Mm -hmm. that's what you're there for you want that magic to happen in the ring like that It shouldn't be marred by fucking comments like that. Yeah, it's just stupid, right? But that's the problem With and and this is a complete side sidebar now. This is old man Joe, you know Uh, But this is the problem with that you can't have your cake and eat it too. You just can't because in the attitude era yeah all that shit was okay. Yeah. You want to call someone a, a crack whore? It happened. Mm-hmm. You know. You want to you want to fucking spout off derogatory shit about this person, that person? It happened multiple times a show. That shit don't happen now. Completely different set of people. Mm-hmm. So I love you guys as wrestling fans, but at the same time, you can't have <laughs> your cake and eat it too. Just a fair warning going forward. Fair point. Fair <laughs> fair point. <laughs> uh, recently. On Sportskeeda's Smack Talk podcast, you had Dutch Mantell, part of a three-man team, talking about Big E over there in the WWE being used as a quote-unquote sacrificial lamb. When it came to a major title over there for WWE, his title run was brief, rather uneventful. I want you to sit here and explain, Mr. Matt Classic, to our audience just how really common this situation is in pro wrestling, especially these days. You know, because, let's face it, plans change. You know, people get hurt, or now COVID, COVID is a big issue. Yeah. Covid can come out of nowhere. Talent get it all damn time. Things have to change. But if Biggie was was the sacrificial lamb in all this, and they just used him to like as a filler champ, you know, which he seems unhappy about, and and that's fair. If they didn't do that, what should they have done? Do you know? Do they still use Biggie, and and just let him keep it longer? Do they do they completely keep him out of the mix? Because it's pretty fair to say, at least through in my opinion. That he was worthy of a title. As an alternative, a fantasy book for me. Reigns goes out with COVID. We'll keep that the same. But if they don't use Big E, what do they do?
3: So we're talking about day one here. Just the the show day one. Yep. Okay. Obviously, we were supposed to get Lesnar versus Reigns. That doesn't happen. Lesnar gets thrown into the the mix for the for the WWE title. Well, you you asked the question. How often does this I mean occur? T-
1: even in a traditional sense, like over the years. Mm-hmm. It, ha- it, happens it happens all the time. It happens all the time, right? I mean, Sami Zayn.
3: Is uh, <laughs> to, to, to Johnny Knoxville. Well, shit. Um, no, it, it, it does happen. It happens so much. Uh, we recently saw that with Christian Cage beating Kenny Omega for for the Impact World Title. Remember that, Matt? And that's that's simply because Kenny Omega can't be the one to lose to an Impact Wrestling guy. It had it had to be Christian Cage. He was going to do the job. Kenny wasn't going to do the job. Whether it was Kenny or Tony, who knows? That was clearly a a, a prime example. Of a sacrificial lamb that it was going to be Christian Cage losing to an impact guy. Because somebody had to do it. Right. Somebody had How do I How do I book Big E? Let's go back to when he first won the title. If you remember, when he first won the title, he cashed in Money in the Bank. Right. He, he announces it on, on Twitter or social media.
1: Which, in and it of itself, that situation was pretty shitty because like the show was doing horrible things. Well, horrible rating, yeah. So it was, it was it a ratings was, ploy. Yeah, it was like a last ditch effort. Yeah, so that, okay, that's all that it was.
3: So it was. So he was. You know, he wins Money in the Bank. Clearly, there's something there for Biggie in the future. And they, you know, I, I think at this point they kind of always just keep that in their back pocket that that surprise. Oh my God, he's going to win the title. So they, he comes out. And he announces it and throughout the night it says he's gonna do it? is he gonna do it and then he's like no i'm i'm gonna cash in it's gonna happen and then he finally cashes in he wins the title it's a big you know big ratings push all that stuff it's done and over with how do you how do you rebook this it's it, to me it's really simple i understand you have brock lesnar and you have nothing for him nothing for the guy but here's here's the problem Here's the problem with their philosophy. We got to book him because we we he paid all his money. Here's the problem with that philosophy. The money that you already yeah you were gonna make for Brock Lesnar you already had in your pocket. You didn't have to do anything crazy with him. You could have easily had him go out there, maybe maybe have him you know do an interview and have him talk shit about Roman Reigns and have some heel some run of the mill heel come in and bump into him and piss him off and be like you know what. Meet me in the ring, you son of a bitch. And he goes out there and he has a a two-minute squash match. The crowd's going to go fucking nuts. I hate that. You hate that. But that crowd fucking loves it. You go with them. They're the majority. So, problem solved.
1: Yeah, suplex city is a thing.
3: That's it. Brock Lesnar never touches the WWE Championship match. Therefore, you never have to fucking put him in a situation to where oh shit he's in the world title match we can't have him lose right so the simple thing is gonna win now again you have a situation where the and i don't want to touch too much on this quite yet but you have a title that's kind of being held hostage by a guy mm-hmm. and, and I, maybe i shouldn't use that term because it's not necessarily a horrible horrible thing it can be but it's not a horrible thing if booked correctly and we'll whether it is or not we'll discuss later lesnar lesnar right now is the only guy that's being bred for that let him stick on that path. Don't let him veer off that path. As far as Big E, I don't think he was ever a true sacrificial lamb. I mean, I don't know how much input or inside knowledge that Dutch Mantel has. I, I mean, he doesn't work for the company, right?
1: Uh, you know? I don't think so.
3: So I'm not sure how much knowledge he has. Maybe he's absolutely right. I just don't think they ever had any fucking idea what they wanted to do with that title anyways.
1: <laughs> that seems to be more plausible these days.
3: So... So I, I think he was just kind of this. Well, he's going to be champion until we have something else. So in that sense, is he a sacrificial lamb? Sure, I, I, I get it. I don't think they ever. I, I don't think they have faith in Biggie, and it's a shame because Biggie's a legit talent. Yeah, I wish he would. I wish he would fucking get away from this new day bullshit. At, you and I both. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> One man can only throw so many pancakes. <laughs> how how would I have rebooked this? I would I would have just. It, would, it has nothing to do with Big E. I think Big E, who, from as far as my knowledge goes, was originally planned to win at, at, at day one. I keep it that way. I see what what the future holds for him. Potentially a Big E versus Bobby Lashley main event at some point. That should be a pretty good match. We've seen it before. We they've done they've done well against each other. Brock Lesnar is there for Roman Reigns. Having Brock Lesnar come in, win the title, kind of actually. Mess things up as far as that storyline goes, anyways. So the Big E thing again, don't use him as a sacrificial lamb. See where see where it can go. Uh, that's how I would have booked it. Yeah, it's for those who don't know, these this thing happens all the fucking time. And and, and I would and, and here's the thing, double edged sword for me because it's not always a bad thing. I mean, you go back, you go back to Hogan's first reign as as WWF champion. Iron Sheik wins a title, and he's he's a bad guy he's a bad guy he's also a foreigner which you know back in that time that was a storyline
4: mm-hmm.
3: hogan comes in and and he he saves the day it made sense it worked was iron sheep a, a sacrificial lamb as a champion of course he was <laughs> but it made sense instead of having good guy versus good guy in that era so it's, it's always been a thing. It's always been a thing. Sometimes it can work. At the end of the day, I'm sure, even if you are a sacrificial lamb, I'm sure the payday is pretty sweet, though. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So moving right along, I got to – Actually, we're, we're talking about Roman Reigns. We're going to – My next question actually happened to be about Roman Reigns anyways. So if Roman Reigns retains against Brock Lesnar, which their match is scheduled for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Who in the WWE will take that title away from him? Is WWE doing anything to build up the guy to dethrone Reign, Or will we just rely on part-timers to do the job? By part-timers, of course, Brock Lesnar, Bill Goldberg. Yeah maybe the rock
1: well unfortunately i think right now i think that the state of mind they're in where they're just using part-time i think reigns is gonna retain i think we'll see goldberg fucking mm-hmm. at it again unfortunately which it boggles my mind because you fucking have a royal rumble for a guy to win a shot at, at a title but goldberg could just walk out and be like you're next and that's just as good as winning the royal rumble yep yeah. so uh, <laughs> sure I guess. Hey, fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? But Using part-timers, like you said, if it's booked correctly, it's not always a bad thing. Sure. It's just got to make sense. It's got to make sense. If they're going to have Goldberg come out and he's going to be next in line, take the winner of the rumble. You, get, you feed them the reins first because that's how you set it up. Or you find a way out of it. Maybe the winner of the Rumble was like, hey, I don't want to fucking fight Reigns. I want to fight somebody else for a title. Maybe uh, Johnny Knoxville. <clears throat> Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that works itself out. And then you give Reigns Goldberg or Goldberg Reigns, however you want to look at it. It's just, it's got to make sense. On, on the other side of things, they're not they're not doing much to build any star. Right now, it seems like it's just... A big wacky race to find out what's gonna work t- to subdue the ratings and and get those under control everything else is like gone by the wayside all whatever common sense they had left is is out of out of the picture now it's just like we're gonna do this this is gonna get us ratings we got to compete with aew which they shouldn't be fucking doing mm-hmm. so, Unfortunately, I think that's where we're at. If they were smart, they would add a little more common sense into their usage of part-timers. They would get on the fucking ball and just be like everybody else. Bring in talent from other places. Wouldn't it be exciting to see a fucking Josh Alexander come in one time? Either you know the guy or you don't. Mm -hmm. But holy shit, he's calling out Reigns. Mm -hmm. What's the harm at this point? Your show's already in the fucking shitter as far as ratings go. Right. You know? And let's face it, you have fucking heavyweight title matches, universal title matches, whatever fucking title match. You have it on your TV any fucking given week anyway. So what's the difference? What's one more? (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) So yeah, if they book it right and, and they just, if they would just lean a little bit into the forbidden door aspect of things, I think it would work wonders for what they're doing. But... They're not doing that and I don't I don't see in the foreseeable future I still don't see that no
3: yeah I just because uh, it takes a lot for two companies to work together and yeah
1: ego ego gets in the way. A lot of ego. That, that pretty much sums up, you know, <laughs> a lot there. Let's take the common sense out of out of what I just said again. We're going to go back to Brian Kendrick this time. Mm-hmm. So Brian Kendrick, for those of you who, who fucking blinked <laughs> and missed it, he gets signed by AEW, which was like kind of out of nowhere. It just all of a sudden he was like, hey, he's being signed. He's, he's going to be in AEW. His first match on this, uh, with their company John Moxley. Gonna be on Wednesday night. Dynamite. Huge fucking news. Cause Kendrick can go. Yeah, you forgot that. Well, not you, but Yeah. Yeah. You know. The next thing I know, like, I get off the toilet and they're like, no, nope, that's not happening now. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I just dream that? Like, was it a fever dream while I was on the toilet mat? I don't know. So I go to check and sure as shit, pun intended, <laughs> he's off TV. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like, how did that work out? Come to find out, somebody unearthed some old interviews of him where he's talking conspiracy theories and Mm -hmm. how certain very important historical situations apparently didn't happen in his eyes. Mm -hmm. Big mistake there, Brian.
3: Yeah, stupid thing, what he said.
1: Yeah, very stupid. So his contract gets canceled. Tony Khan comes out on social media. He's like, yeah, we don't want this guy working for us now that we found out he used to say shit like this my question what would it look like if they had kept brian kendrick on the aew roster and sub question is this cancel culture driven nuclear heat that brian kendrick got is that like completely completely off limits these days or could they have somehow given the it would have had to have been a big a big, big level of creative juice there. But if they had that type of creative juice over in AEW, would there be a way for them to take that nuclear heat and run with it? Not just to get ratings, but to get Brian Kendrick over as a heel. So I mean, because what he said is a very touchy subject.
3: Yeah, no, no, that. that and, and
1: you don't have to reiterate what he right. said, but yeah, and I'm not going to. But
3: I, all right. So there's a, there's, a, there's a couple things okay. there. First of all, I've never been a fan, and I never will be, and I'm not going to talk much into it because we've, we've had an whole episode on this, about the certain things where, yeah, I get it. I get it. You don't want to do business with like that guy. I get it. And I understand, you know, the situation with Brian Kendrick. It was a very insensitive, very stupid, just nonsensical fucking thing that he said. And, and if it's still his beliefs, it's nonsensical still to this day. At the end of the day, at some point, we have to just talk business. I let a, I, I'm not, not that it's letting them off the hook, that's a poor choice of words, but I, I'll just keep it anyways. I let AEW off the hook because I think they are thinking business. This is one of those things where you have you have a society now that makes up a good chunk of your fan base that as soon as they unearth something that is deemed insensitive for any reason, it's immediately gone. You gotta be gone, you know. And I try to be understanding because the old school guy in me says, did, "Did it hurt anybody? Probably not." And in, in, in the sense of, can we get past it? Can we just? The guy's an idiot. Okay, he's a, he's a fucking moron. You don't have to agree with his his ideologies and beliefs. You don't have to agree with them. But can can we just put the rustling first? That's my point. And then right now, we're in twenty twenty two. The answer is no. We can't do that. So I understand what AEW did. Once once I once I got the the news and I found out, I was like, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's business. And they got to put the business first. I get it. So, the answer To answer your question, could they take something like that and make it essentially make him a mega heel? And give yeah, he, yeah,
1: he, there would be no other choice.
3: The answer is yes, but the but but in twenty twenty two the answer is still no for me. And, and and the reason why is because you know let's go back to like somebody like the Iron Sheik. I don't. I keep looking back. There's no way back there.
1: He's back there somewhere.
3: Else. He's hiding in the closet. <laughs> you know, the Iron Sheik, mega heel, hated America. Would spit on America. Literally spit on. Literally America. spit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's go back to even, uh, not as far away, 2000, 2001. One of the worst moments and the worst moment in American history happens. And shortly after that, within what a month or two, WWE comes out with a, a, a group called the Un-Americans who were the, the the American flag upside down. I don't mean to laugh, but holy shit, what, what a stupid idea that was. Yeah, that
1: was pretty fucking stupid.
3: <laughs> but yeah, that, that, so they, they tried to capitalize on, on that, and it didn't work. So Sometimes it can work, sometimes it, it, it can't. Muhammad Hassan, remember that character? Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> bad. Very, very, very bad. Very bad, and <laughs> it almost got them in some trouble. Yeah. So even though... This is not a current event, as far as what he said. Again, I don't know what the guy believes. Not, I don't really care. It's not, he's not my problem. But even even though it's not a current event, because it was said, it's enough to where you could almost get to a Muhammad Hassan type level. And I just don't think business wise, it's a good move. Okay, wrestling heat. this was I said it before. We say it again. There's no such thing as bad heat in professional wrestling. But when it comes to the type of fan base that exists in the world today, I think cancel culture is just... It's its too strong right now. It's frustrating, but I also understand it, if that makes sense. Okay. So... But no, I, I think AEW did the right thing um, in in in, uh, in parting ways with them. It, it's unfortunate because Brian Kendrick, if we got Brian... If we got the Brian Kendrick, not just the gimmick, but the Brian Kendrick, it, it would have been amazing things for AEW. Even, even though he... W- let's also be... Realistic here, he wouldn't have been used as much. He's that, yeah, that's for true. You know, he's older, and that 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 roster is too fucking big, <laughs> too too fucking big, man. That was another reason why I wasn't as bummed yeah. up because I'm like, no, he, he'll be on darker. Yeah, I don't have to see him on darker anymore you know, <laughs> or at all. Cough cough, Jay Lethal. <laughs> yeah, shit. All right, so let's touch on on WWE here. Something that we we constantly talk about, but I've been seeing a lot. Uh, a lot more. I'd say, let's call it about six months or so. That the morale in WWE is at an all-time low. Again, just it's something that we've touched on for quite some time. Yeah. But with these rumors, or my question for you is: uh, Do these rumors have any? Are they valid? Because with 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 everything that the that that we we've, we've seen with this company with the, the amount of releases and cuts that we've thrown out throughout the pandemic and just where the product is as a whole, are we potentially on a verge of a mass exodus within the WWE of uh, at least Good Town?
1: You know, I, I read this question. You know what immediately came to mind when I first read it? It's poorly worded? No, no, no. As <laughs> I was trying to read it? <laughs> no. Uh, w- what immediately came to mind for me was who's next and more specifically who's next after they have somewhat of a breakdown and I'm going to bring up two names here Jeff Hardy, Tony Storm so Tony Storm literally has a title shot, loses to Charlotte Flair and then not even a week later she gets done at a house show and is like fuck this I'm leaving, Mm -hmm. I'm not coming back and she just I'm, I'm not saying she buckled under the pressure but she had enough she had enough and was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Screw this. I'm going home.
0: Okay, that does it. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Well, I'm gonna just give me a minute. Okay, that does it. Screw you guys. I'm home. Screw you guys. I'm going home. This is I'm not following this stupid hippie around anymore. Where are you going? I'm going this way. I am the adult here, and I say, you go this way. Look, you can stay over, now, but I'm going over. Now. I have had it. No, 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 no. You, now, me, me. <laughs>
1: and she did. And it took her a couple days, but she came out and she gave her side of the story. And basically said, hey, all we do is fucking work. This company is in certain way right now. I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. So she did. She fucking left. Horrible thing to happen. Especially with a talent like Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Happens to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's in a fucking tag match. And just decides, you know what? This is fucking bullshit. I don't need this. And he walks off through the crowd. Doesn't come back. So immediately they're like, Jeff. We got a fucking drug you buddy, because you're probably on the devil's cabbage, mm-hmm. or something worse, and that's probably your problem, so we're probably going to throw you into rehab. And he's like, look here, I'm not on any of that shit. I'll take your piss test. I'm going to come out clean, and then what? And sure as shit, that's what happened. Passed the drug test, and then he waited a little while, but then he comes out too and says, you know what? It's too much. All I do is fucking work. I'm tired of this. I just can't do it anymore. He leaves let him go so my question about the situation is who's next who's the next one that's gonna mentally break down just enough to where they somehow are amicably able to part ways with the company almost right away whether there's a no compete clause or not who's next because i think that's what's gonna happen but that's what i'm not saying it's gonna be a mass exodus But if it's a talent that's a big enough name, it could potentially lead to a mass exodus. And if they're not careful, as, as no matter how you, you feel about this person, it could be someone like a Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. It's already almost happened with her. Depending on what they do with her in the next couple months, they got to keep her happy because if not, she—I could see her doing that. I could—I could easily see her doing that. For me, that's—that's that's what it all relies on. Is there a mass exodus coming? I think so. But I think it only happens if you get more high caliber talent to just be like, fuck this. I'm done working for this company under these circumstances. I'm not coming back. I'm not doing it. Breach a contract or not. So yeah, there's there's a pretty big potential. Things, things are going to have to get better sooner than later. And, and I, I hope they're addressing these issues. Because if they're not, we are going to see that. And it won't be just one more talent. It'll be a few more. And then a, another few more. And then more after that
3: it's a tricky time you know you could easily say oh no the, this has never happened in wwe they're too strong and you know this or that whatever but this is the same company that is essentially willing to sell themselves at the highest bidder their 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 head is not in the game so i don't doesn't really matter how big the name is and what have you they they just it's not the same situation as it was even a few years ago so Yeah, I I don't. I don't know if a mass exodus is going to happen. To answer my own question, but I think that you know, like you to touch on your point, losing some key players is worth more than a mass exodus at this point. So, and 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 it could very well happen.
1: Speaking of losing, I don't know if she's a key player, but speaking of losing talent, it's come to my attention that. Chris Statlander has become a lot less alien and a lot more human over the past few weeks over in AEW. It just seems like they're subtly doing away with the alien gimmick, which I, I don't know about you. I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. It had It had its moments. I, sure, think, sure. I think she's over it now. An obvious byproduct of, of this whole gimmick switch would be that we actually get to see her wrestle more, like wrestle seriously. Obviously not having a lot more to do with alien wrestling, I guess you could call it. Who else over there in aew has quite the promising wrestling career under a half-assed work gimmick that you would like to see drop their gimmick and, and, and do something different become a little more serious yeah
3: that, that one that one's uh, tough because i think for me when i look at that talent roster right now it's a big roster man it's fucking huge man <laughs> it's too big too damn big. There's a few names. I think a guy. And this this one this one's hard uh, to to probably. This is probably not a good example because uh, he. He is. He has been worked. He does work or whatever. But I, I, I think somebody like Orange Cassidy has kind of hit that glass ceiling. It's the the, the gimmick and, and the shtick is reached max. Now don't get me wrong. He's had some big spots and big moments. But I think he's at the he's at, he's at a part, point where he could actually reach the next plateau if he actually just stopped what he's doing.
1: Yeah, because he can go. Yeah, he can yeah. go.
3: And speaking of another person that that he can go, I. I I'm kind of picking on the same group here. There's a guy. If he stays healthy, to me, is a world champion in my book, and that's Trent Beretta. There is there is nowhere for him to go, with the best friends. No, that, there's <laughs>
1: absolutely not.
3: There's nowhere left for him to go, and so that's it's another guy that's just if he could just move away from all that all the shenanigans, he's another guy. That, boom is is a legit bona fide main eventer. <laughs> I think the problem, the problem that I that I'm having, I'm picking on here, is is the factions because I can say that about certain guys in the the Matt Hardy faction, tag team wise. I feel, even though I still think they need more work, they're not getting it, it right now as private party. Those guys are now just fucking lackeys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they went from beating the Young Bucks, you know, within like the first month of of Dynamite. To, just being lackeys to Matt Hardy, which makes no fucking sense. And those guys have all the talent in the world. They're young. They still need They still need work. I'm not saying throw the straps on them yet because they're not ready for it. But they, they can get there. They can get there by potentially, you know, next May for a double or nothing championship win if they get away from what they're doing now. But right now they're just being held back. So there's quite a few. And I, and I think a lot of it for me, again, it's, it's the factions. There's a million fucking factions and that's barely exaggeration there. Um,
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just barely. Just slightly. 999000 <laughs> yeah.
3: There's just too many factions, and there's not enough room for these guys to grow. They're, you know, there's guys in, in the Dark Order who I think they can go, but... We have shenanigans by John Silver, who I don't think is worth a shit. the shit. Well, he's
1: a meme now, so he has that much social cred.
3: Oh, okay. Evil Uno ain't worth the shit. And Alan Angels? That guy's got potential. I can't think of the other guy now. But the other random number guy, guy has potential. How is it that out of that entire faction, only Anna J, who is probably the least talented out of all of them, is getting the fucking push? We know why. <laughs> I'm a guy, too. I get it. But it, it just there's a lot there's a lot of stupid shit like that, and again it's a lot of the it's a lot of the factions that's that's holding people back. But yeah, I, I think for me, if I had to pick just one person right now, it's the best friends gimmick and Tremperetta because Tremperetta is a bona fide main eventer. He has a mean streak in him, and when he's able to go and unleash that, we've seen it already before. And I mean, this is a guy who I thought potentially could make a serious run in the G one one day. But right now it, it ain't happening. Sort of but he can he can get back to there if he stays healthy and if he gets a mean streak again away from these quote unquote best friends. You could be best friends, just don't camera. don't be on camera. <laughs> camera. Alright, so Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is now hosting a Road to WrestleMania pay per view or whatever the fuck they're called it these days. <laughs> Uh, they are, they're hosting uh, Elimination Chamber, which is the, the very last pay-per-view till WrestleMania. So 2022 is in Dallas. 2023 is in L.A. Shouts out to the Rams, who were actually just watching win the Super Bowl in L.A. Will 2024 be in Saudi Arabia? Is this something that you see potentially happen, if not in 2024, ever happening, WrestleMania in Saudi Arabia? And your thoughts on that all, all together.
1: The WWE is contracted to do so many shows for Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. over, I think it's... It was a 10-year period. 10-year, right? Yeah. Okay, it was it 10 or 12. With that being said, immediately there was talk at one point previous to this where they were toying with the idea of having big-named, what are they calling them, premium live events now? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep. Um, over there. Pay-per-views. And, yeah. <laughs> and they have, you know, they've... They've created their own for Saudi Arabia, which only happened in Saudi Arabia. So we have that. You know, we have traditional ones. You know, now we have the Elimination Chamber going on over there. They have their own
3: special Royal Rumble.
1: They have their own special Royal Rumble. I think they'll have their own special WrestleMania, but not the WrestleMania. No, okay. I don't think I don't think that'll happen. But I think they'll have their own special WrestleMania. And you know what? It maybe it culminates as the last show under contract with the WWE. But I do think it happens. I really do think it happens. They're investing too much money into something like this. They want to see. They want their fans just just like we are. You know, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say they deserve it more. But obviously, they've been deprived of this stuff way longer than we have. Hell, if they want a WrestleMania, psh, let them have it. It's not special anymore. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, who cares? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, we'll get into, we'll get into it later. I'm sure with fucking Stone Cold coming back potentially mm. like what the fuck you know you know what having Wrestlemania is like
3: it's it's like buying name brand food at the Dollar Store
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: like,
1: it's just about to expire anyways you can have it yeah got some P.F. chains out of the Dollar Store Dollar General over there Wow, I never thought of it that way. You're right, though. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, but it, really, it it is it hasn't been anything that special in the past. Five, six, seven years. Right. You know, it yeah. just has it. I remember a time <laughs> where... Shaking his cane, ladies and gentlemen. We, we used to... It was a big deal, you know? We yeah. we try to get off work, get off work early. It's a vacation. Vacation, yeah. you know? Fucking make a week out of it and mm-hmm. have people over and fucking just hang out and enjoy some fucking WrestleMania. And these days, it's like... Man, I know. forget when it's when it's happening. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. It, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I, uh,
3: shit, WrestleMania on tonight. That's
1: where we're at these <laughs> days, and, and you know what? It, that's a lot of it is their fault, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully, hey, if it does happen, if and when it does happen for Saudi Arabia, I hope it's really special to those people. I really do. I really do. That's all I can ask for. Fair enough. Speaking of struggling to survive, <laughs> Hikaru Shida over there in AEW, she says she's struggling to survive over there, and she used those words, by the way. Mm-hmm. She cites stuff like the pandemic, you know, problems with working visas lack of support outside the ring by aew i'll get to that in a second she still feels there's a future for japanese women's wrestling to shine bigger and brighter in aew in the future and all things considered i want to know where do you see aew and its relationships with talents outside the usa where's that going to be in the future But really quick before you answer, by lack of support, she had come out and said in an interview, they were like, yes, we're going to sign you. Yes, we're going to give you this money. Yes, you can become a part of our roster. We'll help you get a working visa. But everything else, you're on your own. You got to find your own place to live. You got to do all that shit yourself. There was no sub-support or secondary support. She had brought up the, the point like she's been learning English for quite a few years now and she thinks... She speaks pretty decent English, even though a lot of people don't know that. She cited other talents like Sakura, who who speaks broken English at best. Mm -hmm. And they did the same shit to her. They were just like, you gotta find your own place to live. Mm -hmm. And so apparently she stays in San Francisco, but it's not like it's been an easy transition for her, or or anybody for that matter. So maybe a better question is, what do they need to change in, in order to foster better relationships? But... I I digress. What do they need to do? A W. You go back to the
3: first year of of A W. And that was something that was you know their big press conferences. They they, you know, they were gonna they were they were doing stuff with other companies. I know I know Shima was part of that and, and and Strong Hearts and I forget the name of the company that they were working for, but that was a that was gonna be uh this company based in China, I believe it was, and you know and and Kenny Omega being huge on, on Joshi Wrestling and look at. I mean, there's been what four AEW women's champions, and two of them have been Japanese. So I, you know, not all hope is lost for me. I, I don't, I don't think, you know, and I don't know if Sheeta's situation is the the current norm, but it's going to be interesting for me because I think where it is in hiatus right now is the fact that Tony Khan is essentially running the show as the number one filter, racially the only filter. Everything goes through him and he has a final say. Where in the past, you know, you, you saw the different sides of AEW where it was kind of like a melting pot. It was Ultimate Variety Show at first, which is kind of what good wrestling is supposed to be, right? As far as, you know, their business with, with outside, people outside the U.S., it's a, tricky, it's a tricky question because there's different aspects. I mean... Jay White technically is outside the U.S. You know, is Jay White and you know and Sheeta on the same level as far as where they're at in their careers? No. Do I think Tony Khan's AEW is going to invest in Joshi Wrestling? I at this point I don't think so. Okay, it's kind of a tricky on that one too because there's probably complications like travel. We are still in the midst of a pandemic. Things go in waves. You know what I mean? You don't know how long you're gonna get them before. Like you, know, we, sometimes they they come in, they're able to do a few shows, and they go back home. So I understand it. I get it. You know. So you go back to your point. What do you do? Well, if you're going to invest in, in talent, you have to ask yourself what's the investment going to include does it, does it include room and board i think it should you certainly can afford it so why not you know if if, if they're gonna if you bring in somebody who if, if you create a culture when you bring in somebody like Ashida, like a sakura like you know let's say let's say they they get somebody like an oscar level type performer because who the fuck knows how long she's going to be in that company in wwe and you get somebody like her you certainly want to make sure she's certainly good for business she's good for tv she's good for your product she's good for your roster which by the way your women's division still isn't strong i what anybody says about AEW. That women's vision sucks. <laughs> Instead of building people up, yeah, you could you can invest in the Jade Cargill and build her up the right way, which she didn't do. But out, you know, we're not going to talk about that anymore. The easy thing to do is actually go and grab Forbidden Door, go and grab people from, you know, a, a TJP or Stardom or Mexico, Triple A and CMLL. You can grab these women. Certainly, you have somebody in Thunder Rosa who has connections with companies like the crash for example women all over the world that you can go and grab and invest in and they'll be good for your product your investment in them and and, and giving them room and board you, you're going to make back and, and Tony Khan should know that. He's a he's business guy. I think that has to get better. But I just don't think he sees the true potential in Joshi wrestling. I just don't think he sees it. And I get it to an extent because of the, the language gap and the cultural gap. I understand it. I mean, it hasn't stopped them in, in other aspects, though. I mean, you have wrestlers there who barely speak, you know, who will only speak Spanish for the most part. You, you have a giant roster. Yes, it is a fucking huge roster, but out of all that, I think that the biggest investment that he should consider outside of the United States is in women wrestling, because I think I'm going to be egotistical here, I know that that market out there in Japan and in Mexico especially and also parts in UK as well, what isn't owned by WWE already that fucking talent pool is incredible and what AEW has is a fucking joke so until you get yourself your own established pool, you should be grabbing anyone you can to come in and challenge Britt Baker, to come in and, and t- show Jade Cargill how to be a fucking heel <laughs>
4: wrestler.
3: Cause right now she's looking like Glacier, looking oh, jumping around like no. sub zero. Um, but that I, I just but I just don't think he sees the investment in outside of the United States, especially in, in female wrestling. NWA question. Matt Cardona, <laughs> NWA. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Cardona recently won the NWA. There we go. Matt recently won the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship.
0: Boo.
3: <laughs> take it you, you, you're you not a fan. <laughs> um, Matt Cardona is not my champion. <laughs> he's been booked very puzzling uh, over the past year. We've talked about him um, in past episodes. I guess I already know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Does this make sense to you? And how do you see this reign going? Matt Cardona is World's Heavyweight Champion.
1: First of all, Matt Cardona is not my NWA World's Champion. I'm going to sound like a complete old man right now, but he is not. Does it make sense? Unfortunately, it does. Okay. Gasp. (laughs) Face it, folks. Matt Cardona, probably one of the hottest unsigned talents right now. He's doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. For anybody he wants to do it for. Ultimate dream job, right? Billy Corrigan's not a fool. Although some people would have you think that. He's business savvy. He knows and will take the opportunity when he sees it. So, you got a a fucking... White hot performer in Matt Cardona. He's jumping all over the damn place. Yeah, let's jump on that too. Not only that, let's make him our world. It's going to get people talking, it's going to get people to come to shows. I know exactly why he's doing it. Big shout out to Trevor Murdoch. That's my NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Hopefully, he one day gets a shot at regaining that title. But in the meantime, if you haven't heard, out of nowhere, Matt Cardona already has another title fight lined up because Josh Alexander is no longer able to do it. So now, the new match that is set up is the current champion, Matt Cardona, taking on the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Alt. I'm gonna sit here and say, Matt Cardona has accomplished... The mission has become the sacrificial lamb, and that belt will be back on Nick Aldis's waist in in no time. If they do it smart, they do this first one, make it a fucking Matt classic. Cardona retains, and then they go and do it again. And if they do it just as special the second time, they get at least three out of these guys, and then Nick Aldis, because then you build up, you rebuild that credibility that Nick Aldis once had. Mm-hmm. He puts on the good fight. He ends up regaining it somewhere down the line. Cardona's done the job for him in a very tasteful manner. Everybody wins. Mm-hmm. That's just me talking. Yeah. I, me personally, I've never been a Cardona guy. But I can't I can't sit there and knock what he's doing. Because everywhere he goes, mm-hmm. putting asses in seats.
3: Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I guess my follow-up question, you, you talk about the business side of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you said it makes sense. It's fair. Let's look at, let's talk prestige now okay because prestige it, it goes it goes beyond business does matt cardona bring prestige to that title beyond infamy right because that's kind of what you're you're, you're talking about here. Or, does he bring value or i should say prestige to the N W World heavyweight championship or is this more of just kind of like a glorified publicity stunt.
1: Right now it's a glorified publicity stunt. Can he bring prestige to it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But he's gotta defend it. He hasn't done that yet. Okay. And the beginning of that would have been against Josh Alexander. I can't think of a better way to kick off a, a, a run of prestigious title than against someone like Josh Alexander. Mm-hmm. I would have loved for that to, I still want that to happen. Yeah. Maybe down the line, once he gets things hammered out with his visa, maybe we see Alexander versus Alden, you know? Yeah. But for right now, yeah, just the publicity stunt. I know, man, there are a lot of people not happy with him. And there's been reports that the NWA locker room, not too high on Matt Cardona either. So it could become one of those situations where the locker room cancels Matt Cardona, and maybe we don't get three Aldis versus Cardonas out of it before he, he, he gets the, gives the belt up. Fair enough, you know. <laughs> so, but I would like to see that happen. Uh, much much akin to uh, Aldis and Marty Skrull. Oh no, I said I said the forbidden name. Uh, hell of a match. Yeah. At Crockett Cup, yep. just like this is going to be. Had those guys would have gone three matches, I think they all would have been instant classics. That first one was fucking, oh my God, mm. wrestling masterpiece. And they didn't get a chance to do it after right. that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think Cardona has enough in him to, to do the job tastefully. Hopefully, the NWA roster lets him do it, <laughs> and, and we go from there. Yeah. Time will tell. Sure. Time, yeah, time, time will tell.
3: Hopefully they have the right fundamentals. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm looking at my next question, and we already talked yeah. about Tony Storm and Jeff Hardy, but I don't think you answered uh, who's next. Who, If Tony Storm breaks down and Jeff Hardy breaks down, who's going to be next to break down and leave the WWE? Well, you already touched on
3: Charlie, and 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 I and I I agree with that because one, she's already had problems. Okay, at.
1: but would that be who you? I was getting to that. No. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Who 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 would I pick? You, you know, it, it's 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 a tricky thing because you you know why why did Jeff Hardy leave? Why did Tony Storm leave? I get they had break they did you know they had breakdowns, but they're getting paid, and, and so you, you hear that all the time where like they're getting AJ Styles he's getting paid. This is where he clearly wanted to be. Shinsuke Nakamura is getting paid. Yeah man that doesn't mean shit anymore these days. I want to believe that but I'm not fully sold on that when it comes to these guys. It's been the same thing over and over again for god well over a decade where they're getting paid but they're not doing shit. I could sit there and I could say I would love to see Shinsuke Nakamura be the next guy to have a breakdown so he can go back to be a respectable wrestler again instead of coming out with some fucking idiot that plays a guitar and some other idiot dancing on a fucking table. Like a go-go dancer. I don't want to see that shit. That's not good wrestling to me. You know, we've had hinklings of he's unhappy, but then he fucking re-signs with them. So it's it's hard for me to fucking answer that question. I would love to say something like, somebody like a ricochet, for example, but let's be honest, he's probably going to get fired before he gets the chance to have one. Who the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Matt Riddle is too damn high To fucking have breakdowns <laughs> so, <laughs> it, It's it's a tricky It's a tricky question Realistically Who would be next I, I would think somebody like an Asuka maybe
1: Oh yeah I never thought about that be- yeah. Because again what the fuck is she doing I know she was supposedly hurt. Well, she was hurt, and now she's not. They just don't. I don't think they've had anything for her. So they're just like, just hang out, just hang out, and and that could be the next thing where she says, you know
3: what, I can, I can go home and do this shit, and and fucking hang out. (laughs) Um, So that would be, you know, I kind of lean on the women's division. Because believe it or not, that women's division for the most part pretty good. But the 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 numbers are dwindling. The, the women's division is pretty good, and but the women who are on top, both on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, and, and this is no diss to Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I'm taking them out of the picture. Because I know they're the respected champs, but around the Rousey's back, you have Mandy Rose as NXT champion. I mean, there's you know you have somebody like Io Shirai who isn't doing shit anymore. You're right. You know, a, a, a Shotty Blackheart isn't doing anything anymore. I could see her totally saying, "What's the fucking point of being here?" On the male side of things, I don't know. I, I think I think the males are too fucking headed and they're they're just they're content with just making money and being completely meaningless. It should be somebody at the caliber of an AJ Styles, especially if you know his his brothers are you know making good money and. Also being respected elsewhere Why wouldn't you want that? And you work less days I still don't understand that <laughs> Like you can't sit there and say You want you did this for your family When you're working more fucking days you know, You're working fucking 300 days out of the year When you could be working under 100 yep. I'm like that fucking meme With that girl Just fucking struggling <laughs> her shoulder But yeah I, I, I think I think it, it, Who's next If not a Charlotte Flair I think it's going to be somebody like an Oscar Like a Shotzi Blackheart Like somebody like that Somebody who's really talented and the, on the women's division—that's uh, just had enough, like a Tony Storm did. All right, so uh, speaking of Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, the New Year's Golden Series, which seems like it's been going on forever. The the most recent, the series. most recent series, <laughs> yeah, most recent shows on the series—they booked some some specialty matches. You you had a dog cage match with uh, with Yano and, and Suzuki. You had a um, a, a lumberjack death match I believe Goto was in that yeah uh, you know gimmick matches aren't you know it's not the first gimmick matches that existed in New Japan for wrestling but they're they're not super common so my question to you is why do you think these bookings are happening so close together because that usually doesn't happen or am I overthinking things
1: I'm gonna ask for a correction here or a clarification so when they came out with the king of wrestling trophy that they do weren't the golden series weren't those matches like specifically for that trophy, didn't they say they were just going to be like, we're going to periodically do new matches, new challenges for mm. these guys to show and prove that they continue to be either contenders for or right. or to keep keep the trophy for for this for Suzuki,
3: yes. Um, well, Suzuki is the king of pro wrestling champion right now. But the other match was for the the never open weight championship. But yeah, but to, okay. to, to answer
1: your question, yes, okay. that, that was what that was the case. As far as them being so close together, the only thing I can think of and 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 chalk it up to is growing pains. I, I think they're you know they're trying to exp- they're still trying to expand. We got a show coming up in April, Windy City Riot, Odium Villa Park, classic fucking uh, ECW building over there. Yeah, been there before, watched ECW, great time. It's about fucking time, and I'm sure this would have happened. If COVID wasn't around, I'm sure it would already happen But I'll take it how I can get it You know, yeah, I, I can't think of anything Other than, yeah, that's just They're finally trying to get back on track And they're trying to still westernize their product a little more And this is how they do it And let's be honest When's the last time you heard of Lumberjack Deathmatch? Yeah, you know right? That's new to me I'm, I'm all for it, I'm, let's try some shit you Dog know?
3: cage match
1: Dog cage match, never heard of it Let's try it <laughs>
3: So, no, I, I'm for it. I just, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, or trying to ask
1: is, is it odd? It is. Odd, it is odd for yeah. them. It is definitely odd for them. And and it'll be hit or miss. You yeah. know, they'll they'll be hit or miss. So that's all I could say. I it just, I I think it really is them experimenting with the book. See how things go. See what they can get away with. You know. And let's face it, the way they book shit, they very seldom get shit wrong. Yeah. You know. Fair enough.
3: Fair enough. I, I personally want to see uh, another ladder match in that company. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
3: We're ready for it.
1: Speaking of New Japan, this this is going to um, actually coincide with your next question. Keep that in mind. But Tony Khan makes the announcement there's going to be a free agent on, you know, appearing yeah. on Wednesday's Dynamite against...
3: Oh, Isaiah
1: Cassidy. Isaiah Cassidy, yes. thank you. Sorry, Swerve, Swerve must be talking about me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so Isaiah Cassidy has to fight a mystery opponent as part of tournament taking place for, uh, for it's for a title shot, correct? Okay. So.
3: Yeah, for the, being that ladder match. Yeah. Right, right,
1: right. He announces it on social media and says, you know, cool. pretty much it gets covered like, hey, he's going to sign someone big. He puts the word out. Everybody's waiting around like, oh shit, who's it going to be, who's it going to be? Amidst all of this, he tries to clarify something and he ends up saying he's got somebody else coming on top of this. Yeah. The only problem was we find out after the fact that he didn't mean to do that. He like double booked somebody he didn't necessarily have access to. So he got on the horn and he called up New Japan. It was like, guys, I'm kind of in a fucking shitty position. Can I borrow somebody? And they're like, sure, send over the switch. And so they do. Jay White shows up out of a fucking accident. It's a big hit. Jay White is welcomed pretty well by viewers and fans there alike. So his his, his half-assed booking somehow <laughs> fucked up, but also paid off at the same time. My question to you is, uh, so for clarification, going forward with your question after this, mm-hmm. Keith Lee is now all elite. Yes. Just mm-hmm. so everybody knows. He's no longer a free agent. Mm-hmm. He he. It wasn't like a one and done thing for him. He has an AEW contract. Jay White, on the other hand, is just a hired goon at this point. <laughs> he's doing spots here and there now for AEW, but he's a New Japan contracted wrestler. Yeah. With that being said, who else do you want to see Jay? W- what else do you want to see Jay White do while he's in AEW? He's doing open challenges over with uh, New Japan Strong. Mm-hmm. Hell of a little program they got there, and yeah. he's been making it really exciting with his open challenges. So does he continue that here in AEW when when and if we do see him, or do you think they'll have him do something else? Does he further a bullet club a bullet club aspect to AEW? There's already rumblings, fans talking about this is the big forbidden door situation that they need to get a proper bullet club versus elite cage match for aew tell me what goes on what's jay white got to do for us well here here's
3: it all here's all of it in a nutshell anything that jay white touches turns pure gold yeah i said it before and i'll say it again i don't care if anyone agrees with it or not jay white's the best professional wrestler in the world bar none what he's doing with new japan amidst a pandemic uh is nothing short of spectacular i I love the open challenges i love i love the cockiness of of the character and the man (laughs) itself. it's just it's just sheer brilliant you know i i don't love what's right now what he's got going on and impact with all due respect to eric young and his faction jay white's just he's he's above that (laughs) but it'll pass and we'll move on to bigger and better things Hopefully, as far as AEW, it was interesting because and again this is just talking about his first night because that's as far as this recording that's as far as we got you're right but adam cole apparently he's a hired goon from, by adam cole we don't mm-hmm. know much more other than that adam cole made the mention that when you're in bullet club you're in bullet club for life so it sounds like a bullet club storyline is going to be happening. do i think he's going to do an open challenge <clears throat> in AEW? no i wouldn't mind seeing that but i, I what, what's cool about the open door and I said this before, way, way back when we first started. And this is before the Open Door ever happened. Or Forbidden Door, I'm sorry. You got a guy like Zack Sabre Jr. Remember when he was, in, well, he still is in Suzuki-Goon. He's a mega heel. But when he wrestled in Evolve, and he was the Evolved champion, he was a babyface. He was a babyface, yeah. You know, there were people that would have Suzuki-Goon banners, and he would kind of smirk at it, but he never really acknowledged it. He was right. a babyface. He was a good guy. He was just there to wrestle. So I'm not saying J.Y. should, you know, do a heel babyface change but the open challenge is New Japan. He's got Bullet Club stuff going on with, with, with G.O.D. and Chris Bay and Hikaleo, Hikaleo on Impact. That can come over to AEW but I think right now what's interesting is you have potential to have three different type storylines almost to start right now and Jay White at Adam, with the Adam Cole situation because Adam Cole and the Bucks have a really weird, you know, kind of situation here right now. This is a perfect opportunity to really put a wedge in there or a blade in there, if you will, and bring in Jay White and open up the a, a huge can of worms for, you know, for for that whole angle. Over time, yeah, I, I, I see what people are talking about, and I can agree with that. Over time, I think you could you could open up that forbidden door even more and bring in more people if need be, or where need be. But as far as J. White and in the, in the immediate future, I just I want to see him get in the ring with you know the likes of you know you know potentially the likes of a uh, you know because Adam Cole is close to these guys. I'm just more excited about Jay White versus a Kyle O'Reilly, J. White versus a Bobby Fish. You know, and there's, there's 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 a plethora of that. So you know, we could talk about story angles, and that's fine. But these, this is what I mean by like the JY versus the Eric Young thing. With all due respect, to Eric Young, his prime is past. There was better, there's better talent yeah. on that roster <laughs> that JY could be going one-on-one against. But yeah, I, for me, I just look at it selfishly for the wrestling aspects. I want to see JY versus those two guys. I want to see JY versus a legit Trent Beretta. I want to see JY versus you know a lot of people, you know. So I don't know how long they got them for. I don't know how how realistic those you know matches are. Hopefully they don't uh, they don't fiddle fuck around too much and they just <laughs> you know they, they they get them in some good spots right away and, and vice versa. Who knows? Who knows that you know one of those guys can answer the challenge for the next taping, which I think is happening soon. You know, at, at this point, who knows? It could be an AEW guy. That answers the call for New Japan, and maybe that's part of the uh, agreement that New Japan has with AEW. I don't know, what to, but uh, to me, the sky's the limit, man. I, anything that man touches is, is pure gold. He doesn't even have a belt right now, I don't think, at least not in New Japan. No. So I mean, he, he literally doesn't even have any gold, and everything he touches turns to gold. I know I sound like a fanboy, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, uh, the next question kind of corresponds with everything. The, the, the point is, you know, so Tony Khan, like you said, he mentions Forbidden Door. Uh, it ended up being Keith Lee, which really isn't Forbidden Door. MLW did the same thing, kind of. So
1: so it's to my understanding with MLW situation, Killer Cross is not an MLW talent. He's just doing their, like, super taping or whatever okay. that they're having in Charlotte. Okay, so I guess I'll just—he's he's a Matt Cardona. He's a Matt Cardona. So I'll just
3: I'll just continue to pick on uh, on Tony Khan here, <laughs> but but it, it's it's been it's been other I've seen it in, in other aspects of it, and then a person comes out and it's somebody that is, doesn't have a contract, the free agent. Now, when we do stuff like that, when they when they do stuff like that, does the excitement and the meaning of Forbidden Door? diminish if the people walking through this door aren't quote-unquote forbidden you know especially when you when you go out and you announce it you announce and say hey we forbidden door thing and you hear i mean like let's look at the keith lee thing for example okay the rumors were and again this is internet buzz Mm -hmm. take that for what you will I, i i put no stock in it but like up all the way, all the way up to the fucking WWE executive corporate ladder. Oh, it's it's it could be Triple H. Yeah, could be Shane McMahon. Yeah, it could be Shane McMahon. And it ends up being Keith Lee, a guy who got fired by WWE. Don't be wrong. I'd rather see Keith Lee over those two guys plus 20 more people under the WWE <laughs> roster. So I'm excited to see Keith Lee in AEW. But it's not forbidden. He's a free agent. You just signed him. That's it's not the same thing to me. Forbidden door is somebody that works for the other company. So if it was an AJ Styles, for example, while he's still contracted by WWE, that's a forbidden door. Am I being too much of a wrestling dork here, or does it does it take away from the meaning?
1: I think it all depends who you're asking. You're asking me? Mm-hmm. No, you're not. But if you ask like the casual AEW fan, yes, you're super dork. <laughs> because coming from them I, <laughs> because because you're interjecting some sort of sense into something that has no sense yeah although it should sure you know and you're right when this first thing when this thing first started to to come around and forbidden door was a a taboo term yeah that's what it meant people signed to other companies were going to come mm-hmm. in and work with a different company. That's that's what Forbidden Door is supposed to mean. Yeah. Even if it was a one-off match. Now, it's just like, oh, this guy's not doing anything. Hey, do you want a job? All right, great. Well, Oh, uh, this is Forbidden Door. It's Forbidden Door. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck did that? I don't understand. <laughs> But okay. You used to work for this company six yeah. months ago? That's forbidden. Yeah. That's forbidden. <laughs> just taking all their talent. I'm like what the fuck? So yeah, that's that's where we're at with that. It's just, it makes no more sense to me. I think, I think now, I think all it, it just boils down to is fans want to see guys, whether they're signed or not, they just want guys to show up and fucking wrestle on TV against other guys. That they don't, they wouldn't normally see. Yeah, you know. So yeah, people got excited that Keith Lee was there. Did he get an AEW contract? Yeah, but <laughs> technically he was a free agent coming in. I mean, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But yeah, that that's where we're at with that now. It, it has evolved into that.
3: <laughs> real real quick here before you jump into your to our final question tonight, I guess I got a little sub question could you mentioned. Debuting in AEW, is it becoming like a? Doesn't it feel like it's coming to a point where like almost every single week, somebody new is debuting. Yeah, It's just it, it's it's like every single Wednesday night. I, I if I don't watch Dynamite that night, I'm almost like I'm going on Facebook. Someone's gonna be all elite. and it's probably gonna be legit. I mean, like it's okay, Keith Lee, that's cool, and I, and I think he's gonna do well there. But like you look at somebody like Danhausen, I love Danhausen. Terrible fucking signing for both for both parties, in my opinion. Because Danhausen, one is not—he's a—he's a gimmick and a company that doesn't do gimmicks very well.
1: Uh, well, there was talk of that might be the reason why they told Statlander to calm it down with the fucking alien bullshit because maybe it was too close to what Danhausen is trying to offer them, mm-hmm. and. I mean, I guess there's a point to that, but really, yeah. but but again, this is supposed to be an, a WWE alternative, and look what they're doing—fucking gimmick after gimmick. After.
3: <laughs> we uh, we got nothing for Brian Cage, but we're bringing Housen. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I just I and again, I love Danhausen. I think I think he's I think he's got a lot of upside, but he is a gimmick, and and, and, I, and I think his gimmick is very independent e yeah. esque, um, and that's fine. But it, I don't understand the signing. But it's just like every single week, you just like hey, this guy's all elite, this guy's all elite, this girl's all elite, and it's like you gotta simmer down because this elite is that term elite is you oh, know, you're watering yeah. it down. Yeah, they're elite dish. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they're they're all there, but it's <laughs> gonna be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just it's. <laughs> God damn it! That's a t-shirt. And people, just, people just love.
3: They they go they go apeshit over. Oh my god! Is this? Guy? I mean, look at um who who debuted a few weeks ago with, with Malachi Black,
1: Brody oh, King. Brody
3: King, yeah.
1: They're not gonna do anything with him. No, but it was it was exciting to see him get
3: signed. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you are like, oh my god, it's Brody King, and then you haven't seen him since. You haven't seen him since. What a great signing! Hell of a signing there, but
1: I, I yeah, let's... no, you are <laughs> right. That, that's what it's come down to. It, 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 it's no longer about like the fucking matches because most of the matches are shit. It's yeah. it's not about the storylines because most of the storylines are shit or non-existent. Yeah, it's yeah. about who's getting signed this week, you know. And then after that, like, great, okay, that's it. Who's next? You know who who's gonna step through the forbidden door now? Now that he signed, like, what else? What else can we do for one week? Like, that's where we're at now. That's what. That's what it's become.
3: Signing Jay Lethal, not never using him. I mean, just
1: wow. Just collect that paycheck, boys. That's all I could say because they ain't gonna be there for, for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what it is about people named Jay, but like
3: <laughs> those guys named Jay happen to be one of the best wrestlers in the world. So
1: like, fuck, man.
3: And he's just he's he's wrestling on dark and darker,
1: it's, if at all, if at all, yeah. So, no, I digress. For our last question of, of our, our 20 by 20 by 20 this edition, I want your thoughts on the Terminus promotion, which is co owned by Jonathan Gresham, mm-hmm. who is currently, I guess, he's still Ring of Honor, he's the champ. I feel I, I
3: he set the face Bandito as Supercard of Honor.
1: So there's that. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's booked at least. We'll yeah, see. it's booked right. So, <laughs> um, uh, so, so yeah, wh- what are your overall thoughts on, on the promotion? And I bring, I bring it up um, mm-hmm. not just because it's, it's one of those rare situations where an actual talent owns a promotion, but also they have special rules. Yeah. It is a very niche brand of professional wrestling. Of and, uh, I mean, we don't have to announce them all, mm-hmm. but uh, kind of give the folks out there in uh, in podcast land um, a gist of, of what to expect at a Terminus show if you ever go to one. All right. Well, they, they have strict
3: time limits, uh, 15 minutes unless it's a championship bout. Uh, they do do overtime. <laughs> they – it's weird. So they they have what's an interesting one here is grapplers will start overtime period in a neutral position. If you're not familiar with that, is that's
1: that's basically catch can wrestling. Yeah, that's catch can wrestling. Uh, <laughs> so no no matter how the match ended, you guys go to that extra period. Yeah, you guys are back to neutral position. Neutral position, no one has the upper hand. There's technical
3: fouls. Uh, this is an old school one here. Throwing an opponent over the top rope that's really old school nope. your typical 10 second uh, outside of the ring 5 count for break, uh, rope breaks technical fouls for low blows eye gouging fish hooking hair pulling closed fist punches which you know certainly doesn't get called anywhere now so, it looks like they took all the old school rules and put it back in. And then here's another one. And again, there's there's more here, but I'm kind of giving you the, the, the highlights. Sure, sure. Any weapon usage will result in immediate disqualification and expulsion from Terminus.
1: Niche is right. Um, <laughs> is it too Niche? I mean, I mean, obviously there's a market for it, but right, like, how yeah. much of a market? I mean, yeah. I could see me at these fucking shows. Mm-hmm. I could see you at these shows, but right. I don't know about some of these other people. Well, you know, uh, th- there's, there's plenty of fundamentals at these shows. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's all <laughs> fundamentals at <of> this show. <laughs> this is this is going to be something that I think it's very clear that's going to remain super independent. This is because it's not for everybody. People love car crashes. Right? people. So that's why a hardcore company like a GCW, which has a niche following, why that works, because people love car crashes. When you start talking about rules, you're going to lose. I credit Jonathan Gresham for coming up with this. I know this is very much his style. He's a pure wrestler at heart. I just don't see this as something that's ever going to get super big, even in the independent world. But but to be fair, I don't think that's, that's really his... What he's trying to do. Don't get me wrong. I get it. he's trying to make money. I mean that's why you go into the business or some you know it's, it, it, to make money. But you know he still has he still has Ring of Honor. He still has all his other dates that he's making. If he wants this thing to grow, he wants Terminus to grow. He's gonna have to have, just like everything else. You can't do the same thing every single match. So if this what, what makes what made Ring of Honor so great with the pure the pure rules is that only certain matches were held on the pure rules everything else was wrestling matches whether it be regular singles matches or tags
4: mm-hmm.
3: or your hardcore specialty matches at some point you're going either you're going to have to just acknowledge the fact that you're you're a, you're a small small time independent wrestling company and you're never going to be anything else or you're going to have to expand and even though you have a focus on these rules you have variety for another the other fan base that says hey we also have this we also have high flyer because you take that away you take you take you take high flying away so you know you'll never have lucha style or or you know anything fast paced like that people love that shit so i credit him for doing what he what he loves again he's a pure wrestler at heart and I'll never take that away from him. Not that I, I, I could if I wanted to. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. I would if, if they were to if they were to come in in our neck of the woods. I I'd, I'd buy a ticket. Oh yeah, you know to good see good wrestling mm-hmm. again. But yeah, it, it's to me. It, if I had to, you know, if he asked me to, hey, would you invest in this? Probably not, bro. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be investing in this. Sorry, but yeah, it's. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched most of the first show. I think they've only had one show so far. Yeah, it's only one show. And you know, what'd you I, think? I, I, haven't watched I had fun with it. it was, it's it's good. It's a good wrestling show. Okay, it's, and every match was what you'd expect it to be. So, now were
1: they all those kinds of matches? Yeah. Okay. Okay.
3: Yeah. Hats off to him, man. I mean, he's, you know, before we end the show, I, I got to say, I I, re- I remember years ago, I went to a, a Ring of Honor show. And I believe it was Ricky Jabroni. They, they had uh, they had uh, they were doing a spot for the uh, because the, it was for a Ring of Honor TV taping. Okay, they had a spot where Jonathan Gresham came out uh, at the stage, and um, you know the fans got to ask him a question or a couple of questions, and. I don't remember what the questions were, but they were kind of like, you know, making jokes like his height and, you know. (laughs) Okay. Just stuff like that. And and he kind of just took it. You know, he didn't, you know, he didn't like fight anybody, but you could tell it bothered him. And nobody knew who the fuck he was. Oh, okay. Most people didn't know who the fuck he was. And then here he is now, Ring of Honor World Champion, and one of the biggest, biggest names in the wrestling industry right now that's currently unsigned. With anybody, and I just and now he's got his own wrestling company. I it, whether I feel it's going to be big or not, it doesn't matter. I can't take that of the fact. That take, I can't take away the fact that he has his own wrestling company. So I mean, all the praise in the fucking world belongs to that man. He is he has done so much. And if you don't know the name Jonathan Gresham, you you need to you need to figure it out or turn in your wrestling card. Absolutely, he's, he's that legit. That legit so kudos to him man and, and I'm still going to watch Terminus I, I'm part of that niche crowd that definitely enjoys pure wrestling but I like my other shit too
1: <laughs> you like your fundamentals I love, my, I, I love fundamentals though that's, that's key man that's key <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that's going to do it for this episode of the 20 by 20 ring crew episode 126 is in the books come follow us on social media catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 20x20crew is our official Facebook page, if you want to come talk to Matt and I, we, are, we have our own Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk, I don't know about you, but lately, I go to type it in, and it is very particular about the way I type it in, It it won't lead me to the group unless I type it in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and right weird. off the top of my head I forget how I do that but we're there yeah. uh, please,
3: please join, please participate we need more <laughs> participation
1: we are on uh, twitter, twitter.com slash 20x20crew instagram with the handle at 20x20crew email us 20x20crew at gmail.com for the time being and of course our home on the web 20x20crew.com where we have all of our past episodes merch and the like and uh, that does it, man. One twenty-six. Come get your fix. <laughs> yeah, man. That's it. It's in the books. I got nothing else to say. Yeah. No. This has been. It's.
3: It was. It's been a long break, but I'm glad we're back. And uh, man, it's just back. It's just great to be back in the saddle again. So. Same here, man. Until next time.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> do it this time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he always forgets who he who he is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I've been Matt, he's been Joe, you've been fantastic, and until next time, we will see you you in the ring. ring.